Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and today it's the WNR394. It's NXT Update. I'm not alone though, I have the pleasure to be joined by Monty. How you doing fella? I'm doing fine, you know, finally released from the bowels of the internet or deep in the wrestling podcast dungeon where you're forced to just watch old wrestling over and over or watch NXT 2.0 and over and over and over again. It's been on a loop, but I'm here. And I'm ready to do this. So, you know. it's always, it's always glad. I'm always glad to have you on. And of course, the people are emailing saying we wanted more Monty. I've definitely got that. Like I said, I have got you locked up and ready uh, for an NXT yeah. update. Um, we have five episodes to endure. Uh, Somehow, some way. I mean, enjoy, not endure. You know, but to survive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cyber series of like to survive, but. Um, <laughs> Last time you joined a live show by Jackson and June as well. How did you find that experience? All gear to the pay per view. Oh man, it was fun. Uh, I I, lo- I loved going through the uh, you know of course the masturbates and just talking in general about uh, different promotions. You know it's cool. Like I said, you know usually besides what's been going on recently, usually I'm only talking about NXT. So uh, it's cool to not hear. Oh, not only hear your perspectives on other product but to hear other people that you know are part of the Devon R team hear their perspective so it was cool to talk to Jackie and meet her twin and uh you know it was, it was all it was all fun it was a very very good time and the pay-per-view was uh well worth uh the money and uh uh fun it was completely fun the only match I didn't really even watch or enjoy was probably the match I told you guys I wouldn't enjoy and that was the MMA hour with uh Chris Jericho and the crew, but uh, you know, I, even that match, I think looking back, had some some cool moments. So it was fun, you know. I I, I don't, you know, overall, I don't know if I can compare it to All Out. I don't know if it's as, if, it, if it's as special as All Out. It was all together, but it was man. At one point, I was like, oh my god, this pace, you know. Uh, but it was fun. It was really really fun. It was a strong show, and I thought the the podcast that we did, the, the group effort, I thought that was also strong. So it was cool. And also, congratulations, smashed the predictions as well, beating, uh, you won <laughs> overall. I'm sure you've gone back and, and listened to it, but I think you're scored yeah. nine, nine out of ten when it came out, the predictions only <laughs> super clean. And when it, and I even said to Jaxie, and this is the guy that does NXT, so God knows. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great point, yeah, you know, and I don't even know, I think it was just luck of the draw, honestly. I, I don't know, maybe I've watched enough that I'm able to predict these things but i'm I, yeah i know i heard I'm happy to know that uh a lot and i definitely was keeping note like yeah you know this is just turned out pretty well as we're going i couldn't believe it you know i was actually pleasantly surprised that jungle boy and the crew won but uh yeah it was cool i cannot believe that's a really good ratio thinking now that i think about it and you're right because i honestly aw is something that i watch and i keep up with but i'm not gonna add like I, I've all I've, I've always been like for example most of this run of the last five to six weeks I if it wasn't for my DVR I probably wouldn't have caught up for for uh, four gear so you know it's pretty much how I keep up on most of my wrestling because it's almost impossible for me to watch it everything as it airs so uh, this is cool it's cool like you said I don't even get a chance I'm not that's not even my primary responsibility but I gave you guys the best predictions I could and I'm glad it worked out yeah you gave us an awesome 
without a shadow of a doubt there. You, you beat us into submission. But another thing I'm worried about is obviously <laughs> we do these shows together. And I'm starting to think the combination wow. of you and I together is somewhat of a jinx. We're dangerous. <laughs> well, yeah. it's just... <laughs> because... You know the preparation a week before. You go, yeah, you're ready for the show at the weekend, yeah. And then usually on the Thursday or Friday, you get some massive bit of news. And this time, this year, <laughs> has been WWE releases. It is like, oh no, I'm, and anybody listens for the first time, seriously, go back and listen to the updates and the news. <laughs> it's like, we have blasted the roster. And there was a tweet I it's saw. It's a terrifying tree. Oh, without that, and there's a tweet that I think you retweeted as well, saying that WWE released more wrestlers than yeah. Impact have uh, wrestlers overall, which is just crazy. That's it's insane, man. Mental. I, I don't even know. I, yeah, I, I, again, what more can you say except that? You know, you just leave that one tweet right there, and that just explained everything that you just said perfectly. Uh, because I don't think I we I don't think. As long as I don't know about you, but as long as I've been a fan, I mentioned it on my podcast that people were released and these things happen. And uh, that's probably why I'm not as heartbroken as I see a lot of people who, uh, it was a lot of guys when I was growing up, I wanted them to always come back to WWE, and that never happened. Uh, or it did happen, and it was way too late by the time they did come back and they weren't the same or situations were different, whatever it is. And I and I remember back at that time when people were released, there were nowhere to go. There's no other promotions. It wasn't social media around, so you can keep tabs on those guys. So, you know, maybe since I've been watching wrestling for so long, I don't get as emotionally attached when a lot of this stuff happened. But I can't lie, man. We just start seeing all this stuff happen repeatedly, and it's just so many people. And like I, I, I when you said that, I retweeted this. I made sure to mention that that is what happened when you hoard talent years ago when they were continuing to sign a lot of people and locking them into these five-year contracts. And now we keep hearing about budget cuts, whether you believe if that's the reason or not. I'm not surprised after a while when you think about it, because if they can release that many talent and still believe they have more than enough talent to run the massive amount of shows that they run and the, you know, the big corporation that they have, and, and they still think they have enough on the roster without all of this talent that they've let go, that just shows you that they were hoarding talent and they, they were probably, you know, they had, I'm not going to say it's a such thing as maybe, it's a, maybe it is a such thing as too much talent. Maybe this is what happened in WWE uh, overall when you think about it. But I don't know. Some In certain cases, you can't lie. Like, they just dropped the ball, too. And I don't know. You haven't specifically said any of the releases, but it's only really one thing from this recent wave that kind of took me aback in, in that way. Uh, well, but it, it's just crazy, man. Well, like you said, we, we this round of cuts, as it is, we had Jackson Riker, which we've been waiting yeah. for him to be released for a long, long time. We don't know how he lasted as long as he, <laughs> exactly. he did. Um, Drake Maverick, uh, unfortunately, yeah. but unfortunately, he's a touch yeah. of class, and the reason why he hasn't been released sooner is he gives those puppy dog eyes. But, you know, like <laughs> I said, as Rockstar Spud, there's a player in, in Impact, along with maybe another one that's quite surprising was John Morris, uh, yeah, because obviously... With the Miz turn on him and dancing on the stars is a bigger priority <laughs> than right. John oh Morrison. Do you, understand, do you understand how frustrating that is? Like, you wait to see what Morrison would be not when he's out of that goofy, you know, call back to their former team 
and and, and they they do they do the beat down just for me is to go to dancing with the stars and just to forget all about Morrison. Morrison is nowhere. I think the last time I seen him before this, he was just sitting on sitting in some crates talking weird on Raw about nothing. So I don't even understand how you can see someone like Morrison who still he reminds me of Ray Mysterio in the fact that he just seemed like time hasn't affected him when it comes to stuff he still is able to do. So to lose him, but the only reason why that one didn't shock me as much, even though, you know, it sucks because a week before, you know, I, I think it's a week or two weeks before his uh, his wife was released, uh, Ty Valkyrie, a.k.a. Frankie Monet. So uh, I wasn't really surprised. You know, it's kind of like when I saw Scarlett was gone, I was expecting Cross, hearing Cross and names, the same kind of thing here with Morrison, even though I thought Morrison had a lot of potential for what he could do, even besides with me. I thought he could be just a great guy because even though he's older, he he's one of those older guys where it seems like it, does, it hasn't stopped him in the ring at all. So I don't, you know, I don't understand why they just let him go. But, you know, he another one bites the dust, so to speak. This is the thing, and I think with John Morrison, he's got a history with WWE of them just not knowing what to do with him. You know, go back to right. Johnny Nitro when he was yeah. a young, fresh guy for the Intercontinental title against Jeff Hardy, and then they just didn't know where to go from there. And yeah, you could say maybe a bit of personality, but what he can do in the ring. Another one's a bit of a shame, of course, Tegan Knox, who suffered three yeah, uh, ACL injuries. That, was, gonna be... that one was hard to think about. Well, she would have been the May Young Classic, of course, missed that out and struggled. And then yeah. uh, got a re-debut in NXT. We saw the battery charging, if anybody remembers that. And then, of course, being called up to the main roster with Shotzi and then taken apart then. It's just a bit of a head scratcher because there's, there's, she's talent, but you just think, you know, I don't know anymore. It's, just investing in talent. Yeah, exactly. She's very talented. And I think she could, you know... She really, I think she had a bright future, and I think she still has one. Uh, you know, no, wherever she ends up or whatever she decides to do. Uh, but uh, I, I just know I don't. People don't really necessarily talk about it, but we know how it can be coming before you already have a name. If you already have a name in WWE and you you run into the injury bug, it's a different story. But if you're you're just coming up, and you know the higher ups may not know much about you. And you have those, unfortunately, and it's like terribly timed, too. Let's just be honest. Like you mentioned, the Mae Young Classic, and then uh, the second time, it was just a horror, like the way it was timed. It was it was just like, you know, she's, it's been very, very unfortunate. She has some of the worst luck, you know, when you think about it, uh, when it comes to injuries. And I think that may have played a factor in her release because, you know, they may not want to publicize or talk about it, but if you get labeled as damaged goods in a – in any way as an athlete, like, it don't matter what sport, a lot of times when people think you're damaged, they will ship you out of there. And I think she may have been labeled as that, even though I don't necessarily buy it or like that logic when it comes to uh, Tegan, because I think she has so much potential. And she already worked herself to the bone to get back again, you know what I mean? So why not? You know, the women's division isn't the deepest thing in the world, especially on the main roster. So why, you know, why take away from that? But you know, again, I must repeat, another one bites the dust. <laughs> well, what I'm not knowing going to say is when I watch NXT is that these are going to be stars or whatever it is. Because it seems that everybody I've said this year, from Bronson Reed to Frankie Monet, yeah. it's just not worked out. But the one that we shot, I mean, we were shocked when B-Tab 
was released a couple of weeks ago and we spoke about yeah. it. And then there's just 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 like this top dollar, Shanti Adonis, Isaiah Swerve, Scott, who I said it's just every time I see him, he's got that star. <laughs> and mate, he, he's a star. He's just I can't take my eyes off him. They've released Hit Row. Has there oh, been goodness. a bigger fumbling? I was trying to think. It was like. Imagine a shield debuting at Survivor Series and then having a release go a month <laughs> later saying we've we've right. come to the terms because <laughs> what what the fuck hit row they couldn't miss it was and they just I can't I I don't understand it it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense uh from uh, as of course I don't want to I don't know if anything is true just what you hear about I think Wrestling Observer may have talked about it the month before about. Top dollar possibly rubbing people the wrong way. Not the first time. I think they mentioned this with even Keith Lee. Not uh, uh, in lot, when you hear uh, a thing after the fact they get released, and now you hear that they were difficult or whatever. Whatever they try to label people as. Either way it go, I don't understand. Uh, you know, even the more I dig, I, in, in, the more I dug into that explanation, the less sense it made to me because they were saying that maybe he called and said something about B Fab being released and thought that was fake. And they, like I said, they say he rubbed the people the wrong ways. Just rumors, whatever. Take take it with a grain. But <laughs> so you know, oh, can I just say, like, people go rubbing the wrong way. Randy Orton used to shit in divas bags. Yeah, I, I can you come see? up with all types of. <laughs> come on now, like that. Even if that is the case, that can't be the only reason or whatever. If that is the case, whatever. That's crazy. Especially when we know, because like they also confirmed this, they thought Vince looked at him as the. Uh, as the possible star out there, not swerve, not a son. And, you know, we know because we can appreciate what he's all, what he already was doing in NXT. Anybody who, unless you're insane, if you look at swerve and you can't see star power, you can't watch him wrestle. You see, watch him wrestle and you don't see what he can do. Man, like I said, that's just like Keith Lee. What a massive mistake letting swerve go, in my opinion. That is, I don't understand that. But they, from what I'm hearing, they had a problem with Top Dollar. And once Vince McMahon was like, okay, we can release Top Dollar. Then everybody else just went by the wayside, which is just crazy to me when you think about it. Like, think about how, how out of the loop. Not saying Top Dollar wouldn't have been a big star, because, of course, he's huge. He he could talk. I thought, of course, he had potential to be a big star. But if you look at that group and you can't see that Swerve is the one, if you were going to get rid of Top Dollar, you got to at least hold on to Swerve just based on his history. It just shows how unaware. Like, what the hell have we been watching NXT for as – in regards of looking at it as developmental, because it doesn't seem like the guy, the guy who makes the decision in the end actually watches it because he can't watch it and, and, and tell me that he looked at Swerve and saw nothing even before Hit Row, if you see what I'm saying. And, and of course, while he had Hit Row going, he was doing some of the best work when they let him work. So I don't, I don't understand it. And that was the one that really perplexed me the most just because they were just on SmackDown. It was like a, literally a week after Sammy. Zane was warning them, so now it looks like they should have took Sammy Zane advice. <laughs> if you know what I mean, like it's so fun, it's so crazy to me. Like it didn't like, and if you watch, I don't, I'm pretty sure I caught up and watched as much as I could of SmackDown uh, of the other day, and watching it right after the releases and how they just zoomed past it. We're just gonna here go, here go, here go, Roman. You guys forget about what you read yesterday. That, Let's just yeah. Roman go out there and make them forget. <laughs> <laughs> that is the answer to every. And you think what what happens when Roman says going? To, yeah. What they're going to do? And this is a problem. It's been a problem 
for the past stars and they don't see outsiders of their own like a punk or brian so they don't get respected enough no one gets on the triple h and undertaker level and it's just the same thing over you can go through but you can go back to your mvps and your mr kennedy's and your john morrison's yeah. and and even like you said we've wasted our time watching nxt and getting emotionally invested in these wrestlers because the last three years has meant nothing to Vince, and you look at that, and it's, <laughs> exactly. it's, you get one or two, or maybe you know three who get through, and it's NXT has just been a massive waste of time, and it has given more talent to AEW, and they've used them better than exactly. They're in a few months or like post December, we may have the we may have the original incarnation of the Undisputed Era in, in AEW. It's possible, and then we could possibly have Kevin. Gone, Kevin Owens possibly gone in January, also to most likely AEW. Uh, and like you said, and when that's another person from the NXT days that you like, you said you're looking at it back when they were building NXT when Triple H was making sure he told everyone that NXT was building the future of his company. And in a lot of ways, it still has Big E, like he's the he's a former NXT champion. You know, we had we got Roman, who even though he's kind of like pre-NXT era type of development. We, you know, I understand with Rollins as the first NXT champion. I, I I understand they still have certain parts of that, even with their women's division. Like we get that. But like we like you just said, the last three years, all of the talent, all of the hard work, all of the building of stars. Like I said, I we have form we have people like Shinsuke Nakamura who were such a big deal in NXT. Now, I didn't even remember that he was the one had the who was I didn't even remember he was the Intercontinental Champion. I could have I definitely believe recently I seen him losing to uh Angel Garza in a throwaway tag match when he got a guy who does nothing mostly but play the guitar that who could take the pin for him, but they rather make Shinsuke lose. Like anyway, that, that that's just a small thing, but I'm just saying it just shows you the awareness of like like you said, of what guys were when they were in NXT. I can go down the list of guys who are still on the main roster who they are currently at this moment ignoring what they were when they were in, 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 in NXT. So at this point, you're just watching NXT for something else to watch on Tuesday. Well, you're just, you know, feel the rest <laughs> of your week out at this point. You're just feeling the rest of your week out. It's a massive waste of time, and it's awful at the moment. So now it is time for NXT update. Let's get to it, then. We've got oh, yeah. Uh, now, I, I just did a great job building this review up, you guys. Uh, well, I know you guys just can't wait for this after that introduction. Yeah, we about five episodes to get on with. So we start on October wow. 19th. Okay, the show opens with a cap of Carmella Hayes winning the NXT North American Championship last week. We see Hayes and Trick Williams arriving to celebrate the champion. The final boss put himself over as a top title holder on the brand. However, Gagano interrupted. He wanted to go back to compete and was looking directly at the North American Championship as Trick threatened Johnny Wrestling. Dexler Miss backed up his father-in-law and sent Mello running and Gagano <laughs> stole the NXT North American belt from Melo. Um, this wasn't a bad opening segment. Melo actually got quite a nice reception. Yeah, uh, Melo uh, has continued to impress in more ways than one. Uh, I don't. I, I was going to say this anyway, but I might as well go ahead and get it out of the way now. He's by, by far, if you want to even consider him a 2.0 guy. I consider that little phase of when he was in the breakout tournament. He was he a part of the black and yellow era. You know what I mean? He may be at the fringe. He may be part of the end. But he may be, he's still a part of it, right? <laughs> I guess we can say that. Either way it go, he is definitely one of the most impressive 
of the newer faces that's been leading the charge of NXT lately. And I think the fans appreciate that. Yeah. And is Johnny maybe putting someone over before leaving? I mean, say it ain't so. We can't afford to lose Gargano, can we? No. uh, Gargano and Ciampa, I I really, like I said, and I'm going to throw EO in that category. Not saying she shouldn't leave, because I really do expect her to. But it's just they make NXT still feel like NXT when I when they're there, you know. Even when they're even when they're involved with new faces or things that may not be the most interesting, they are that familiarity that you need. The pillars that and, and the people you can count on to give you something interesting every time they're on camera. And I agree, it just wouldn't be right Gargano without NXT and the way people from NXT gets treated on the main roster. I don't even really want to see another version of Gargano. They're going to put a helmet on Gargano? Oh, my God. Well, this is the thing. When you hear, oh, WWE <laughs> making a play at Gargano, you think, oh, don't fuck it up like you did Adam Cole. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're going to manage? You're going to bring Johnny wrestling to do something other than wrestle? <laughs> Fucking Lord. hell. Uh, okay, anyway. Let's not, yeah, let's not overreact not, to something. We're not negative. <laughs> we are positive right. outlook. Uh, out, outlook. <laughs> We've got Andre Chase versus Odyssey Jones next. Uh, Chase managed to ground Odyssey by targeting. <sighs> Jones was largely unfazed by the professor's offense. His students, he planted Chase for a running splash to take a win. Um, yeah. What your thoughts? It's been a future. <laughs> this has been a fe- featured feud on NXT. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, this match is over in five minutes. Y'all gonna hear you throughout this entire review. I, I wrote it down plenty of times. Trust me. You're gonna hear me say this is. I call it a squeakity squash for a reason. Y'all gonna hear me saying squeakity squash is a lot. So you might as well just prepare yourself. <laughs> uh, drinking uh, game. Anyway, John. Seriously, a drinking game. Yeah, do that. You know. Uh, I apologize ahead of time for your hangover. Jones may have a bright future. I really do think he has one, but I just have to see him do more. And at this point, uh, when this happened, uh, he, he kind of have had kind of – he's not st- not stagnant quite yet, but a lot of his things he's doing has been in this uh, formula of a, like short bursts of matches for the most part, other than uh, the stuff with Carmelo, I think. Uh, but you know, it was what it was. It was, it, you know, it was a squash. So yeah. I have nothing really much else to add to it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had something because mine was uh, Jones looks okay. Chase wears a jump. Time of mine. I'm walking alone, alone backstage, and Malcolm Bivens cuts a promo. He's done my night. Asked for opportunity to take him. We then get Creed Brothers, Brutus, Imperium, Fabian Knight, and Marcel Barfell. A stronger involved to distract Imperium. Just as Diamond Mine looked ready to take the Giro Kushida arrived, he distracted Brutus enough mm-hmm. for Bartel to stack him up for free. And afterwards, MSK attacked Imperium and gave him a total shot for Halloween Havoc. Giro interrupted Kushida in the bathroom and convinced him to put back on the Back to the Future attire to find his style for future team up too. Uh, Kushida <laughs> was my wrestler of the year, June. Uh, yeah. And then they kind of done this. But the Creed brothers losing as well. I mean, what were your... I mean, it was cool to see the Creed brothers in a tag match with actual credible competition. You know, I, I have to say that. I did think it was a little early for, the, for them to actually get pinned. I thought they were going to do the whole dominant tag team thing all the way until, you know, Maybe until the a championship match, or even post winning a championship, who knows? They could have went on with that if they wanted to. But you know, uh, it is what it is. Not you can't. No one's going to be undefeated. Uh, it seemed like Imperial Imperium were the good guys in this segment, which was surprising. You know what I mean? Interesting, but surprising because they've never really been 
ever been the good guys. Uh, nonetheless, you know, the Creed Bros also has a bright future, like I mentioned earlier, but, uh, you know, I think we could, I think we could see a possibly a good match. I thought we could have saw, I think we could have seen a better match, uh, with a little bit more time, but the finish was what it was. MSK coming out and getting booed though, uh, is really nothing new, but that to that extent, they did do a legit, I guess they were trying to get payback, but I, you know, they did look like the dudes, the dicks in this situation because they kind of. You know, attacking from behind, so that was interesting. But you know, this this I I appreciate uh, seeing Imperium getting a victory because they were uh, kind of forgotten there, you know, in the tag division. So it's kind of cool that they uh, at this point they were getting uh, more of a push. Yeah, and I'm not sure why the Creed brothers were in their pajamas to the ring, but anyway, yeah, um, we get a video package <laughs> of on. Wagner taking Kyle O'Reilly into the great outdoors for some extreme hiking. Now, I've seen Brokeback Mountain, and if that's what they want to go up to, that is fine. Uh, But they have some beers, and they say they can do a lot of damage. I mean, what the fuck is this? I don't know. What the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they, they usually bore the hell out of me anyway, but, you know, I mean... Wagner picking up the tree and uh, I don't the work I don't know I don't know what to say about this other than the what fact that it that happened fuck? and I was you know yeah <laughs> I think you you have the adequate reaction yeah what why is this here and who cares but whatever <laughs> we'll get a Cora Jade video package and then Joe Gacy gets a promo he says we don't need violence to settle our differences so there are microaggression uh-huh. thrown our way his empathy will speak for us and make a stronger coalition than we ever could be as individuals it's Phil Days across some glass from Harland and he tells him to follow him is uh, Harland in prison? what? again? I have a question that, that glass threw me off is he in prison and why or why is he doing this? Is this a conjugal visit? What is this? It's just Parker Bordeaux on Twitter, or before he changed it, was one of the most intimidating-looking guys yes. out. And it's just, what again, I'm going to do it. What the fuck? I'm going to say this a lot of times as well. You just and go, it's just for the sake of doing it. And, it. and maybe he sucks so bad at promos. They're like, nope, we want, we're going to shave your head. and make you stoic. You got tattoos. We're going to go with the whole tortured soul whatever psychopath type of thing uh michael myers is october i don't know <laughs> uh whatever it's just like you can just tell that somebody was just throwing stuff at the wall put this on try this on uh parker do this you know it's it's weird i don't understand it but you know i don't know i wish that's another thing some of these character introductions would do better with someone explaining things because right now I don't know if Harlan is an ex-con and he just get seeking counsel from Gacy or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> he might be Nails' son to come yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. Give me Nails vibes. <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't, if it was an orange jumpsuit, we you know we would have our answer. You know, either way it go. I didn't understand the whole plexiglass touching thing, but whatever. <laughs> well, exactly. Will we get Legado del Fantasma in the? Santos Escobar calls Carmelo Hayes out and calls him a lucky son of a bitch. And then we get Cora Jade versus Electra Lopez. And while Lopez dominated Jade throughout the match, an inside cradle that gave Jade a surprise free count. Yeah. Um, um, forget, forget Baxter. She is uh, Mandrews' dream girl, I think, with the skateboard. <laughs> uh, back-to-back Luke wins on NXT. Always a good thing as well. 
Oh, yeah, just right. You know, not repetitive at all. Another match done in under five minutes, you know. I literally wrote this. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> Just, okay, I wrote this too. James, what are we even reviewing right now? <laughs> anyway, That's another true. surprise roll up. It is you know. true. Well, we, at least we got uh, Bron Breaker. We got Bron Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. Uh, Bron says he God. won't be pinned tonight. Tom said he's so intent on protecting his lead. And then we see ESI uh, back from commercial. We get some Twitter videos from over the weekend of LA Knight and Grayson Waller pitching to host Halloween Havoc. And wrestles for the right later tonight. And then ESI versus Jace James versus Persia Perotta. The genius Sky laid out both women with a moonsault in the apron. Due to early injuries, Jane was uh, unable to continue. I guess that's why the suicide dive. Um, yeah. <laughs> looked surprisingly <laughs> dominant when it came down to her shy. But shy fought back, ending the match with over the moonsault. Uh, shy spun the wheel, determining the deal, which would be a scare way to hell ladder match. Ladder match. Um, what were your thoughts? Yeah, well, um, originally when I saw what was coming, I broke that EO. If EO didn't win, I might lose it. Uh, but you know, uh, thank you. I, I had to thank Barrett for uh, immediately acknowledging that it really doesn't matter who spins the damn wheel. <laughs> I did not understand why they had to have a match over. It doesn't give anyone an advantage. <laughs> Spinning the wheel is random, right? I thought that was the point of the wheel. Uh, but anyway. Uh, Persia looked the most green, but uh, at, she looked also the strongest at times in, in the in the match. And then, you know, uh, JC killing herself with that dive was definitely uh, – I didn't know if she was going to come back. I didn't know if she was fine or, you know, that was, you know, something uh, serious there. Definitely didn't look great. And uh, it was one-on-one after that. So, you know, kudos to Ido for making uh, Persia look legit, in my opinion, at times. I thought, like, again, Persia looked really good. And uh, strong, so the winner was never in doubt, though. You know what I mean? So mm. this was cool, but it, you know, EO win, and like I said, it didn't really matter that she got the spin the wheel, but yay, EO got the spin the wheel, and she earned it. So, <laughs> well, EO is so cool, there's no doubt about that. And you have you see how she didn't land on her head on them, see the moonsault not yeah. landing on the head. Maybe Lance Archer can start watching her. Dirty, dirty. Footage of Legado beating Trey Baxter up in front of Corey Jade. That won't matter in a couple of weeks. A Tony D'Angelo video promo. Uh, we yeah. get Kashida Ikemanjiro vignette. And then Tony D'Angelo versus Ru Feng. RuPaul's yeah. uh, brother, looks like. Uh, we see Tony <laughs> D'Angelo took a boot to the face from Ru. And he hit a series of suplexes to a sudden net breaker for the victory. After Samantha in interview D'Angelo about the disappearance of Lash Legends producer Mark, who went missing, D'Angelo told her to forget about it. Yeah. How, how stereotypical. Um, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Ru Fang didn't even get his name announced. Like, literally, like, the ring announcer. Maybe they did it while it was off air. I'm sure they did for the live audience, but... <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even say it on television, so you just had to read the name play for yourself, Rufang. And honestly, who comes up with these names, even for the job? Or even I think at one point, I don't know if it was this match where Rufang was going to pop up again. And I'm pretty sure Vic Joseph is going to highlight that he's an expiring NXT ref. 
So he's not even good enough to be considered on the roster. So what does it mean to beat Rue Fang in the grand scheme of things? Anyway, whatever. Uh, D'Angelo's comments during the match, I'm going to mention that in a, a couple of his matches. He makes cool. I, 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 it's stereotypical, I, I admit, I agree. But it does crack me up the way his cadence and the way he speaks and sometimes it's cool. And after the match, you know, paying the paying everyone off, I like that. And forget about it. Works as a catchphrase. Stereotypical, annoying. Yes, all you know, all of the above. But you know, you take what you can get with NXT. I guess at this point, we'll be getting for their package poker room, where he calls himself the house and says the house always wins. I suppose it's an upgrade from Swingers Palace. Uh, Bringing Jensen's music play, but we find that Jensen is down and out. And Legado crack a chair against Briggs is back on the way to the ring. And Briggs and Jensen versus Legado. The Indian team fought hard for the win, but the damage done beforehand was too much. After Briggs was taken off the apron, Mendoza and Wild hit a running knee, rushing leg sweep combination to win. Um, <laughs> this was okay. Give Legado their heat back a little bit after losing so often. Yeah, that that and that was the purpose of it, and it accomplished it. Uh, I do have to say. The way Briggs screamed after he found, he screamed out "Legado" before he got <laughs> in the back with the chair. Oh my goodness, it was too, it was so over dramatic, but it cracked me up. It is still cracking me up just thinking about. It. I don't know why he decided to say it like that. Uh, it, it was funny how this match was put together. I understand that he got attacked, but Briggs took most of the heat. Uh, and then Jensen comes in, and then after two minutes of being tagged in as the hot tag, he's, he gets defeated easily. <laughs> so uh, we got we know the weak link, I guess, if that even matters at this point. So, yeah, this was what it was. <laughs> well, we get a creepy Halloween Havoc vignette featuring a mysterious figure with a shovel. Uh, Trick Williams, Kamala Hayes in a locker room. Digging through stuff and such the title, they come across a flyer for an open house Dexter Loomis is having. Then we got Grayson Waller and LA Knight when the host Halloween Havoc. Uh, Waller tries to roll up Knight early and often in a fight. The underdog rocks his opponent with a series of strikes, but Knight responded back with a face buster for the win. Why was a match? And look at what they're fighting over. They're fighting over hosting Halloween Havoc. Oh, why can't they just call? Uh, I know she, she's healed, but whatever. Just call shot back to just host it one night only for every every year. Anyway, first and foremost. But anyway, besides that, uh, I I'm glad you you said that. I'm glad you asked why was this even a match because I wrote this, James. I'm reviewing this for you, James. I could care less who hosts. And honestly, what does that say about this bill? <laughs> that, that I could care less about anything that's going on. This match was around five minutes, and Knight didn't control it the whole time, but it was still a squash match. So, uh, whatever. Worthless, in my opinion, but it happened. <laughs> I think that would sum up this monthly update, really. <laughs> <laughs> it but happened. We're going to see it happen. We get Brom Baker and Champa veteran event. Uh, we see Champa run over both grids, a clothesline. Just to catch him in a slow yeah, I know. Use it to isolate and wear him down. Uh, Chumper gave Breaker a hard slap of attack when he was corner. Breaker nearly attacked him. The champion ducks, allowing Drake to take the heavy offense. No one turned on one with a military press power slam. And the champion and challenger ended the show staring each other down. Um, making Bron look good by sacrificing a great tag team. Always love it. Yeah. 
Yeah, just right, just beautiful, beautiful television. Uh, I, I hate the old, the whole. Ooh, they have a title match next week, so we're gonna team them up this week and see if they can coexist. Like, why? Whose logic is that? Like, what's the point of it? First, I don't. I hate that, and then and it just screams Monday Night Raw booking. That decision in itself just screams typical WWE booking. And I love GYV, and it sucks that they were only here to advance Chopper and break a story or, like you said, make the young guy look good. And, uh, you know, the ring work, of course, wasn't bad with everyone, you know, with everyone involved. And uh, and I like that the fans are barking for Breaker, you know, a nice little, cult, nice little nod to his, to his father, you know. So I do enjoy that. But, yeah, it, I, I don't like GYV getting used like that. And uh, this is a very predictable way for them to try to hype up Halloween Havoc. And, you know, it was, it, I guess that's what they were the goal. I don't think it accomplished the goal for me. I wasn't hyped, extra hyped, because I got to see them stare down after teaming up or whatever. It was what it was. Uh, but, yeah, I'm glad this show is over. <laughs> Without a doubt, it wasn't very good at all. But one of the things you mentioned during the episode was MSK getting booed. And yeah. obviously being presented as baby faces. So I went to investigate why MSK are booed. Because there's been a lot of rumours, of course, claiming Yeah, I've heard a lot of different things. Well, they aren't organic and instead originate from a group of NXT fans. Well, the reports have gone a step further now with Dave Meltzer basically saying he's got a couple of versions. But the version going around is basically correct. There are people there, including the parents of Izzy. Izzy is the right. super fan uh, who was with Bailey, uh, and basically mm-hmm. Zachary Wentz before he was Nash Carter when he was independent wrestlers. Others, including Lance Storm and Chelsea Green, made comments that were negative about Izzy taking a choke slam at an independence show. So he shows up right. next to okay. the parents, start the crowd to go. They got a lot of friends. Everyone kind of knows them. There's like 200 people there. They're pretty much all invited. And it's the same people every week. So there's a core group that are just booing MSK because just he's boo. moaning on social media. Which don't get me wrong. I met Colt Caban and he's a twat, but I don't keep going on about it. You know, I kind of get right. over it. So he's it blocked me on Twitter is. anyway. So fuck him. So, but you know, it is what it is. Oh, God. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, exactly. It is what it is. I don't see how you can have such a... And then when it comes to the product, I personally, as a fan, I'm not going to say go to a show and you boo who you're supposed to boo or cheer who you're supposed to boo, but uh, cheer who you're supposed to cheer. But, uh, you know, you know, you do you do what you want, but it's just to go to a show, no matter what they're doing, no matter if they're having a killer match, whatever it is, and just personally boo a team just to make it look like they're not doing their job well when honestly we have to be real i'm not gonna act like they had the most interesting characters or the, the rain was the most fun rain but their match quality and their title defenses were always top notch they're working the ring i don't see I, I couldn't like you said that's the reason why this investigation had to be done because if you're looking at television it didn't really make sense mm. you know their matches were cool they you know the promos weren't the the most interesting thing, but they were okay, decent enough. That I didn't see they were. Do- I didn't think they were doing anything that seemed that they should that 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 makes that make it make sense for them to be constantly hated on the way they are. Uh, but you know, uh, man, that's very very interesting though. That is like a personal thing. I yeah. I, I don't. I, I wonder what what people backstage feel about that. I hope I hope that, that it's not affecting the way people higher up look at MSK. 
just because of, some, uh, of a personal thing that's going on. And uh, I don't know. And if it continues to persist, you know, we they may have to lean into some of that and start inviting some boo. Uh, I, I don't know if they can change their style up enough to work heel, but they may have to go that way if it persists. Because if it's something personal, then, you know, it's going to take something that's out of creative control, if you see what I'm saying, to yeah. change it. So, I, think, well, I don't know. It's interesting, though, to see... If anything does develop there, right? We move on October 26th yeah. for, of course, Halloween Havoc. And how hyped will be last year for Halloween Havoc compared to this <laughs> one would be night and day, I think it would be fair. This was say. Halloween Havoc. Well, the show opens with Chucky, you know, the homicidal doll. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. why wasn't he the host? He did a lot of fucking yeah. hosting. But anyway... He, he... Exactly. Oh my God. Go ahead. Go but, ahead. I'm about to say, you promised us a lot of violence running down tonight's card. Basically, hosts. <laughs> exactly. Well, we this need is that a, late night. Yeah. Well, this is the closest thing we have a 2.0 takeover. And we start off with Indy Hartwell, Persia Perotti, Stark versus Toxic Attraction, Judy Dunn, and JC Jane for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship Scareway to Hell ladder match. Uh, we see Perotti knocking Zoe Stark out of the ring off a ladder. EO tried to sneak past Perotta, but got planted on the turnbuckle. And then Perotta followed up with a powerbomb on a ladder to Dolin. But Jamie's followed with a Corona. The Jesus of Sky planted with a powerbomb and a moonsault on a ladder. Indy Hartwell took out Stark with a spinebuster on a ladder. And then climbed alongside Shai to the very top. Hartwell ducked and knocked the genius of the sky off. Jane distracted Hartwell as Dolin climbed up the ladder on the opposite side. Hartwell realised too late as Dolin booted her to the mat. And pulled down the golden, yes, new NXT Tag Team Champions. Yep. Toxic Attraction. Uh, before I uh, before I go on to the match, I did want to point out that last year you really enjoyed Halloween Havoc set. And this set this year was so bad. It's so, so, so regular to just like basically what it was anyway. <laughs> You didn't even bring it up no. this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't even doesn't even deserve my time. <laughs> yeah, it was just I just it was just a nice note because usually at these specials or shows that's supposed to be different, you you make sure to point out set details and all of that. And it was pointless because this was pretty much the same set, besides what a couple tombstones and whatever there was at, uh-huh. towards the entryway. You wouldn't even notice it really. No. That's how bad it was. But anyway, uh, I have to give credit to all of these ladies. Love to uh, all the ladies involved. Uh, this was this was cool. I thought this match was way better than it had any business being. And kudos to Toxic Attraction for some of those back ladder, ladder bumps and EO Shirai, of course, specifically that crazy bump uh, off the you know being pushed off the ladder outside the ring onto the other ladder. Like in, it was sick. And you know they showed great toughness. And you know I really thought. Uh, this is the best, these 2.0 teams, you know, Persia and Indy and uh, Gigi and JC. I thought this was the best that they, they've they got a chance to look so far. You know, probably, the, the of course, the biggest matches of most of their career at this point. And I think they they showed up. And uh, at this point, after that match, that I thought was really good, I thought Gonzalez was in trouble. You know, <laughs> I really did because I kind of know how these things go. Maybe they did this thinking they were going to throw me off and, no, nah, that means, you know, Gonzalez will retain. I, I, I felt the opposite after this, but it was still uh, well done, I thought. I mean, yeah, like I said, I hope EO is fine and Jane changing her hair every week. Uh, Perotta's a time yeah. doesn't leave much <laughs> to the imagination either, but, um, 
you could tell what she had for breakfast. Zoe's a rookie. <laughs> you could tell by the 450 landing after a while. But I'm starting yeah. to like uh, Doling. took some good bumps. Jane took one good one. Uh, let them show us what we got. I thought this is, yeah, probably the best opener we've had in 2.0. Uh, without right. a doubt. And then we get a video package of Hayes and Williams rolling up for a spooky-looking house, trying to reclaim the title. A trick wants to hand back and drive, get away, but Hayes makes them get out and approach the house. They get scared by all manner of hallucinations as we cut to Johnny and Dexter hanging out with zombie ref. Uh, Johnny promises he'll home alone this shit out of the house. Hayes and Williams <laughs> navigate the way to the door before the video cuts out. I mean, they did this well last year, but the jury's out for now. Yeah, uh, it's nice to see they're still trying to have fun, uh, not only with the Halloween theme, but just in general with their vignettes, you know what I mean? Because that was a, a huge staple, especially of the last year or so uh, uh, of the black and gold NXT. Uh, but, you know, it was suck to see. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wrote, I, I, I was reading my next note because Waller popped up, and the first thing I I noticed that he lost, and I'm like, I still stuck with him hosting. But man, they hate me. So, yeah. So anyway, but that's it. I don't think I had to say about that is that it was nice to see that they're still having fun with those vignettes because they were, they were always cool. So we'll see what happens at this point. But it was nice to see that they're yeah. still trying me. Well, like I say, you just mentioned Grayson Waller. He's dressed as Dracula. He misses his fucking cue at first. <laughs> yeah. like, Come on, you bellend. Like... Uh, he says LA Knight isn't here, but he's back up host, and he blathers on until Joe Gacy interrupts. Corrupts my why Halloween's a holiday, and people lean to a match. Joe Gacy versus yeah. Malik Blade. Blade attacked Gacy at the bell and had him in, but Harlan arrived while Gacy and down. The distraction allowed Gacy to hit a sprang handspring clothesline for the win. Um, again, what do you think of this? Gacy and the gimmick, though, they get behind it. Yeah, they're they're letting him be as cryptic as possible, and you know some of the things he say. Obviously, I do like the one only element I say is that when he says things or when he smiles, he just looks as untrustworthy as possible almost. And I do like that element of his character, even though what he's saying it sounds like, you know, whatever you know, it sounds like whatever it is. Like I I can't really describe the character as much, but it, I I can see I can understand why they're going with it. But, you know, it is what it is so far. I, this this match made me ask questions. Like, we have squash matches with no build on, on these specials or what? I thought this was supposed to be a special. Then I look back and I was like, oh, well, last year Escobar beat Jake Atlas in like three minutes. So I guess it isn't a big deal. But, uh, yeah, I didn't know what to think about this. Uh, I don't even know what to think about Harlan or even Gacy for that matter. So that that, that is overall what I feel. I don't know, know exactly what to think about either one of them. But uh, I can under it's interesting enough that I understand why they're trying to go with it. Well, when I first saw Harland, I thought Brock, the new Brock, not the new Rowan, you know. But the sign, <laughs> the sign yeah. of the show, and the guys managed to sneak it in. ECW 2.0 equals NFT 2.0, and, I, and I've got to <laughs> They have some similarities, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they really, really. I was expecting the zombie to come out, actually, to uh, <laughs> take, take part, but... Well, now, that's that. the one thing that would have been worse than seeing the kids <laughs> demon. Right, I doubt. Yeah. <laughs> well, we see Kay Ray vignette where she complains about the lack of respect that NXT has given her. She's the longest yeah. reigning champion. I cannot wait for that. Uh, Grayson Wallace will see Halloween party to Halloween like cosplay, and they seem to get it. Grimes rolls up Jess the National, scares off some girls. 
Um, all I took from this is Grayson Waller is an idiot. NXT, Austin. That's true. Uh, I, I, I can't literally stand anything he does. And, and as a matter of fact, the more episodes he continues to pop on, he almost seemed to get more annoying. So, uh, <laughs> negative heat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, if you want to look it up, kids, X pop heat is going to become Waller heat. All right, uh, well, we, we see Diamond Mind on the stage and Bivens cuts a promo. He says, for a big show like this, they have a special treat, an open challenge. You challenge anyone who's going to step up. And of course, see Jones. <laughs> Malcolm tells Jones that his big ass is a 205 pounds. And after some chatter, well, he decides, but he's taking the match. Um, and we see Diamond Mind go up to distract, distract the big man. This up strong to hit a running high knee for the victory. Why strong? Why? Uh, we we don't see the cruiserweight champion fighting a guy John size often, so I mean I was interested at first uh, to watch how strong could work with him and how the big fella was going to work, you know, vice versa, of course. But uh, man, it was over in five minutes again, and I'm just like, tell me how is this thing any different from anything we see on NXT TV? Like, why is this on Halloween? Happening? Why is this here? This is nothing different from what we see anyway. It was just a, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it was a throwaway. I think we just—it was a filler. It felt—it felt like filler. That's exactly what it ended up being. It was just something to pass the time. Without a doubt, there's a lot of uh, Nexus shirts, Nexus t-shirts behind Wade, which kind yeah. of made me think we we're going to have a Nexus reunion being released as well. Uh, Imperium, <laughs> long <laughs> gone, long gone. Yeah, Imperium talk about how tonight is their night. I really like the subtitle. I think that's a, that's a good yeah. thing if we're going to do it. Um, unfortunately, Mackenzie doesn't speak German, so she didn't have a clue what was said. <laughs> she looked confused. She was doing her best, like she put a smile up to make it seem like she understood where we're going. Yes. No, no, Mackenzie had no clue. <laughs> they could have said anything. Um, we see Mandy Rose making her entrance to, uh, dressed like a woman of the night and not in fancy dress as well. Um, <laughs> the Halloween party, Tony Giangelo and Lash Legend are chatting and Lash Valencia agrees to have on a show next week. Von Wagner is dressed as Brad Pitt. <laughs> How funny yeah. is that? Um, Duke Hudson chats about Cameron Grimes. He says we'll see him in the poker room. Robert Stone dressed as Elvis gets into it with his own Quinn, who is Freddie Mercury, yeah. and they choke slam through the table. Stone doing Elvis, the only funny fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how we, was he not? <laughs> <laughs> like, how is his fault? Is not he? No, they're not calling him, and I don't understand why necessarily. I don't get it, but. I don't know. Maybe he's cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he's a new Drake Maverick or something. He's got two years. Um, we yeah. see Chumper working out backstage. Gonzalez comes out on a motorcycle and spun the wheel. She's got Chucky's choice, and they decide to make it a yeah. trick or street fight. I'm sick of trick and fucking street fights on SmackDown, <laughs> on AEW, on fucking NXT. Everywhere. Like, come on. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but the NXT title was on the line. God's creation pulled out a kendo stick early. And I was like, shoes. why would Chucky sadistic ass choose this? <laughs> There's a buried alive match. I was like, that would be a good right. one. Right. <laughs> uh, we see low Rose sending Gonzalez Harden still steps. Uh, the NXT Women's Champion responded by bashing the chair corner. She speared Rose through a corner table for a near fall. And Scott is prepared to finish it. So smacked in the back. By a shovel with a mysterious figure. <laughs> this set her up to stumble into the bicycle knee that gave Rose the biggest win of her career. Yes, I cannot believe I'm going to 
Now, I never thought I ever would. <laughs> Matthew Rose is the new NXT Women's Champion. Yeah, how you love that? Uh, but, on yeah. a bit of good news, well, the good news doesn't outweigh the bad, I suppose. <laughs> the mysterious figure was revealed to be Dakota Kai. Kai yeah. return is good, but Oscar rolling her NXT <laughs> grave is bad. <laughs> just add her name to the you know the pages the the charlottes uh, <laughs> the uh the sasha's the, the bailey the, the oscars <laughs> ember she's up there now Mandy's name was right next to him <laughs> can you believe it no. anyway most of this match seemed like mandy was really happy to finally get to use a kendo stick like she was she was very, very ready. <laughs> she enjoyed every second of using the kendo stick. Uh, the Jason Mack spot, uh, you know, was corny to me, but I guess whatever. The fans, though, really was eating this match up, and that's, that's you know, that's something to say. You know, that at the end of the day, sometimes when you're not feeling it at home and you listen to the fans, you know, whether it's a little bit of crowd direction or whatever that may be going on, uh, that's a that's a plus for a match when the fans are really into it and they were they were chanting the whole time and they really must have loved this build that I could care less, could have cared less about but you know this match still had its moment I really didn't like finishes you know the, it kind of remind me of the finish that I kind of didn't like when Priest lost his championship at Halloween Havoc last year but like you said the big reveal being Dakota Kai kind of smoothed that over and I really not, I'm not shocked with the direction of NXT. 2.0, Mandy winning the title was almost predictable here, especially with the way WWE's been booked, especially with Dolan and James Victor, because they love making factions that look more legit than they actually are by making them all champions. It used to be something that felt kind of exclusive, but not so much these days. Uh, and, I, and I believe they thought that, like I said, the tag victory would throw us off to Mandy winning, but I just had a feeling that no matter what, Mandy Rose was going to leave as champion, and uh, because I, I think Gonzalez, even though she's still in NXT going forward, I think we can all see her getting called up out of nowhere sooner than later. And I think Mandy is who they want to uh, build this new 2.0. You know, they want people to chase Mandy Rose. And I know that's crazy. When you think about a few years ago, you imagine us saying that they're, they're ready to build a division around Mandy and her faction. It's kind of crazy, right? But that's what that's where they're going. So we just have to wait, wait this out. You don't sound too happy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I saw it when JBL was WWE champion. I, you know, but it wasn't enjoyable. It was enjoyable match. I never thought I would have said that. And then we see Hayes and Williams uh, with a house. The bombarded with horrific scenes. They run into Andre Chase. Talk about horrific. Uh, Gagano and Loomis get up from their post and walk off. Carmelo and Trick get celebrated for a minute and uh, end up in a room with some kind of goblin before finding the NXT North American Championship. Because um, we, we know the difference between a pixie and a fairy. <laughs> it's a really old yeah, joke. Yeah. Because obviously, under if he's underneath... <laughs> if the trousers are off, he's a goblin. So it's very, very right. easy. Um, but Hayes remembered. Carmelo scoffs and yanks the title from its perch. Dramatic music plays and Garno Loomis appear behind him and attack. Trick and Mello get away but run into a bunch of zombies and drop the belt. Johnny scares them as they run off with the title. Um, so what are your thoughts on this one? I thought maybe not as good as previous. 
Yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought some of the one-liners and some of the back and forth between Trick and Melo were good. I thought it was a good insight into their characters. I think Trick, when he gets a chance to talk and be who he is personality-wise, I think that's where he's shined so far. And I think they know that, so that's how they use him. And I think Hayes plays well off of him. Uh, but, no, I don't think it had – it didn't have anything on what they pulled off last year. Uh, I, I don't even think it's fair to compare this, even though I think it's, go, it's just natural to do it. Loomis and uh, Grimes knocked theirs completely out of the park in so many ways. It was funny. It was entertaining. It, even, it, it wasn't necessarily the most scary thing, but it was, like, so insane that it was just so it – was, it was hard to not focus on just how entertaining it was consistently. And this one, I didn't think it was that way. I thought it was different. I liked it at times, but – you know, it doesn't compare at all with some of the stuff they've already done. And, you know, but, you know, like I said, I do like them still having fun and still trying some of this uh, stuff, even though this one didn't really hit it out the park like some of the other stuff they've done. Yeah, uh, that will get Grayson Wallace in the ring to host the show, even though Chucky's been doing it for an hour. And LA Knight finally shows up in the same costume. Wallace said it's not his fault. He yeah. Has car problems. And LA asked him who told him he had car trouble. Grayson starts saying about mm. Chucky, but enter Solo Sokoa. He gets in the ring and belly to belly suplex Waller out of it. Uh, and for a debut, not too bad. Hopefully, a bit more. And then we see Bron Baker working yeah. out backstage and momentarily started by Chucky hanging out. But Rollsville keeps his workout going. And then the NXT Tag Team Championship on the line Imperium, uh, Eichner and Barthel versus Carter and Wesley. DJ Tommy Carr Lukey gave MSK a special entrance for their tag team match. Alex, the NXT fan on the night, spun the wheel to set up a, a Lumberjack O Lantern match. And Lumberjacks capped the action in the ring. When MSK dived and Eichner and Barthel outside as the action wore on. Imperium took back over and Eichner hit both Wesley and Nash Carter with standing rolling. Farmers carry. I thought he was going to shit himself from straining. At that point, he had both of them. <laughs> I thought we're going to get a massive, a massive accident, just shit all over the ring. But luckily, he didn't. Uh, Lee dived in the crowd, which led all the lumberjacks out of the arena. Nobody caught Nash. And the four teams took <laughs> tall in the ring. And Eitner took out Carter and hit a brain buster on Lee. That set up the Imperium Bomb for the victory. Yes, your new NXT Tag Team Champion, Imperium. Um, there was a lot going on, but what were your... Yeah, this match was chaos. I wrote that down. You know, the work in the ring by both teams, of course, was strong. You know, I, and I expected from both teams. I thought this was a great reward for Imperium for all their obvious hard work uh, that they've been doing. And uh, by this point, you know, I'm, I was sick of the spin the wheel treatment. You know what I mean? Uh, I, especially in this match, since the Lumberjack stipulation pretty much just went out the window after the dive. So the Lumberjack is really just there to catch him. And then, you, like you mentioned earlier, they didn't even do that. <laughs> they didn't even catch both guys. They, they caught one of them. And I, 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 like I said, at that point, the gimmick was just had completely turned me off to what was going on. But the, like I said, the match was really, really cool. And I was... Uh, Genuinely surprised that Imperium won, but at the end of the day, I think we all were kind of ready for a change when it came at the top of the tag division because they had literally beat everyone, including Imperium. So it, it was it was time for a shakeup. It was time for them to fall off and probably possibly, you know, get involved with something else. And uh, I don't know what their future looks like, 
I do think they'll probably end up back at the title or you never know, main roster at some point before you know it. But I, I, I think as a team, they definitely needed something new. Yeah, well, we talk about a lot going on at ringside because Shida and Juro dressed as amateur wrestlers nearly took my attention off the whole match, actually. Uh, <laughs> and Zach Gibson with a wig. But uh, MSK was good. Like I said, a bit surprised. Quality tag team wrestler, though. The closing sequence was great. The ref should have counted out both teams. But I honestly can't remember <laughs> the last time three title changes on a takeover, let alone an yeah. NXT special. So it's real changing of the guard feel on this show, you know? Yeah, and at this point, you can't help but wonder, okay, well, wow, are they going to actually, you know, crown a new world champion by the end? You didn't know, you know, it was, it was uh, at that point. But, yeah, usually it's not like that. You know, maybe you get one early and then one at the end or, you know, a whole show with none or a show with one in the middle of it. It's not really like that where you just have every title changing hands like this. So it definitely gave this show a big show feel. Without a doubt, well, Chucky hypes up the main event when we get the video package and Bron Baker versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. Uh, Ciampa showed off his game plan as he quickly pounced on the rookie, wearing down the bigger man with technical offense. Breaker fought back with power move, but Blackheart would not let up. He even sent a spinebuster in outside for the bigger man went to the second rope, fell hard to the turnbuckle, went back to the attack. Uh, Blackheart hit the Willow's Bell for barely two on Breaker. On the back foot for the first time in his career, he answered with a Frankenstein and a double hook under uh, double underhook power bomb for a near fall. Two foot outside with a champion hit Breaker with DDT on exposed concrete. Wouldn't beat John Cena. And then the Blackheart hit the fairy tale ending with certainty would win. But the challenger kicked out. Chumper then hit three running knees on the fairy tale ending finished. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I really thought this match was uh. Cool, you know. Uh, I thought Chompers, Kratos, uh, entrance gear, man, the paint and all that, so awesome. I really liked it. Uh, the botch that resembled uh, <laughs> Brecker's uncle's botch <laughs> from many, many years ago may have been what went viral. I know I saw that a lot on the on the timeline, but the match overall was really good. And you know, uh, it wasn't necessarily a wrestling clinic, in my opinion, or anything. Kind of like what we're used to in this in this spot at a takeover or at a special, but it was legit entertaining, and it made Brecker look strong as hell in defeat, you know, towards the end there, you know, like you said, having to take another fairy tale ending and, you know, knees on top of that after being DD. I mean, he got DDT round his head on concrete right before that. So, you know, for him to kick out of the first uh, fairy tale ending and then, you know, have to take a little bit more, they were obviously putting him over to uh, make him look, very, very strong. Say that, yeah, he's really, really good, but he's not quite there yet. And uh, and I think that was the goal of this match overall. I thought, and if that, if the goal of this match was to make Breaker look like he deserved this, or he was, he, he's, you know, definitely almost there or on his way to being world champion material. I think the goal was accomplished then because he ended up coming out of this looking uh, like a legit threat. Yeah, without doubt. He showed toughness and suffered the hard way. Uh, the rookie versus veteran story is really well done. An overall best 2.0 show uh, that we've had. We move on to the 2nd of November. The show opened with Mandy Rose, May Conventions champion. Um, she celebrated a victory in the JC Jane. The other member of Toxic Tracks were backstage laying out Zoe Stark, which set off Io Shirai. The Genesis Skyway walked out to challenge Rose. The champion attacked Shirai, targeting injured back. 
And with a ladder match, of course, as Rose gloated, Shy suplexed her in the corner and set up a moon, uh, moonsault. Donna and Jane arrived to save the champ. They beat her down until Casey Cantazaro and Caden Carter even the odds. Sitting in the hills running, Rose found Dakota, Cage back, uh, Dakota Kai backstage, Dakota Cage, uh, who started, she was only <laughs> focused on ending Raquel Gonzalez. EO should not, in a million fucking years, be a punching bag <laughs> for Mandy Rose. I don't know what you... <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of knew you would like this. Uh, uh, I understand completely where you're coming from. I, but honestly, I did, I'm, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, when she won the champion final, like, where else would they go other than EO? Like, who else as a babyface built, was built up enough to be in that position to possibly challenge uh, uh, Mandy Rose for the title, and I understand exactly where you're coming from, but don't be shocked. I hate to break this to you, but don't be shocked if Mandy Rose end up pinning Io Shirai before at, at some point during this reign, because like it just seems like that's the direction that we're going. I hate to tell you that, but she may end up pinning Io Shirai sooner than later, and, and it, it, it's going to suck. It's going to be one of those things, but I just wouldn't be surprised. This is just, you know how they like to book these types of stories and the way they book these angles, and especially in WWE, they don't usually adjust the way they probably should all the time, and I think this is a, a good example of it, but uh, at the end of the day, it's a new reign, so they're just going to try to keep, you know, pushing contenders out there. That's- yeah, you know, like I said, we have to bite the bullet with this. Uh, we've got Duke's poker route featuring Cameron Grimes. The buying is $500 now. We then get Cora Jade for Kai, and Kai showed no remorse in a vicious attack on Jade. Um, we see the usual surprise roll up, but Kai refused to even let her shoulders stay down. She ended the match with a Kai kick. She dragged Jade outside and into position. She placed on a table on her and decided against dealing more damage. She did leave Jade's skateboard on top of her. Um, this was... Yeah, you know, and I thought, I love the new unhinged version of Dakota Kai. You know, that look in her eyes from the beginning of the segment, you know, it was just different. And I think it matched that aggression that she showed at times versus Cora. And, uh, you know, and, and I want to see where it's heading, you know, with the character and... Uh, you know, and I think the match served its purpose also, you know, with the little extracurricular activity, even though, you know, uh, it was cryptic. And I think it was cryptic in a way that would interest people to see what she's going to do next or what was her reasoning, uh, you know, going forward. What is her new purpose now that she's back? And I think this is a good way to introduce uh, a newer edge to this to Dakota Kai's character. Yeah, I think we that. We've got hype real social media reactions to Von Wagner bollocks and then msk get a vignette where they talk about the man behind the curtain for msk but don't get to hear the actual story because the bus rolls um turns out it was their bus and they missed it and then robert stone called out on quinn after sending the manager through a table and uh stone sang frank monet's theme challenger quinn to a match quinn sang Shawn michael's theme until stone slapped in uh, quinn did not waste any time after that hitting a swinging samoan drop into a jackhammer for a quick win. Lecture Lopez expressed her admiration for Queen Show the side when he backstage. Um, this was just destruction, but Stone did get some height, low credit to. Yeah, he did. He did. He saw, uh, but that the the horrible dancing. Oh my goodness! Uh, you know, I'm not talking about this match as a, as a match because uh, it really wasn't. Or a, the segment overall was entertaining. 
because neither of them can dance or really sing. And NXT made them decide, just decided to make them do anyway. So I guess if the, if the point was to make me chuckle, it did that. But yeah, other than that, it was nothing else there other than seeing Stone get, you know, destroyed again for the billionth time. Well, we see Gacy talk about his partnership with Harlan. O'Reilly von Wagner versus Legado del Fantasma. Wagner escaped the hill corner and tagged an O'Reilly. Electra uh, Lopez distracted Kyle O'Reilly until Mendoza hit him with a chop block. Wagner tried to make the save. Miscommunication between Wagner and and Wagner got stacked up for free by Wald, who's put his uh, foot on the ropes. I mean, good to see Legado win, but what the fuck happened with O'Reilly? Like, seriously, <laughs> what the fuck? Talk about irrelevant. Jesus. <laughs> beat, beat Adam Cole on his way out, and now just who cares what he's doing? Uh, it was a good tag match. You know, like you said, Legado, again, you know, it's like it's just great to see them win, and they're again over and over. If you listen to the crowd, if you listen to what the fans are saying, they love them. Uh, and, uh, you know, they they have been a bright spot since before the 2.0 day. So uh, this match was cool, and uh, I like the more experienced team getting the win over the, uh, you know, the new team. So Obviously, Hayes and Williams promised to beat Gagano and Loomis. Chase, Andre Chase told the two he would have their back in a tag match. Mackenzie Mitchell told Chase that some people called him a coward last week. <laughs> Nagri Chase called out Jim. Bron Breaker accepted that shot. First got the big man moving early and wore him down. However, Breaker responded with shoulder blocks and hit him. She pressed power slam for the win. After his Breaker took the microphone and admitted that Tomas Jumper was the man. However, he promised he would beat the NXT champion or die trying. <laughs> Again, same old, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I can't lie. I like. Uh, I have, I must admit, I can see a teachable moment still getting over, given if given the chance, and if it's done right. You know, uh, just from what I've seen before, I like the delivery. I love how quick and uh, how quick he is to fly off the handle, especially as a teacher. It's weird to watch him wrestle and do things in that in that gear, but so far, I, it doesn't matter what I think about Andre Chase because he's pretty much every time he's out there is going to get squashed. And as soon as Breaker's siren hit, I knew that was – and, uh, you know, I, I'll excuse it because I think both guys are entertaining, but the trend of squash matches on NXT 2.0, like, they happened in, back in the day. I, like, I know they did, but it just never seemed to happen as often as they do now. Well, Imperium promised to dominate the NXT tag division. G.G. Doan and J.C. Jane told him to win tag match. Clearly – why? When did everyone get so horny in NXT? That's another thing I'm gonna highlight. But let's go. Let's keep going. No, keep true, going. Like, it's true. It's true. Clearly, favorite Barthel <laughs> night now. Barthel saying America has his benefit. We then get a lashing out with Lash Legend. Talks about how legendary Halloween have a Mark, the producer, real live, but also his arms in a sling. Tony interview. He says he's there to make <laughs> as much money as he can and slap some dudes around. Calls out Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, and Pete Dunne. That would be a mistake. He wants to wrap it up because he's got a call with Vito. Is there a tip to a build to get himself something nice as he makes his entrance? Uh, sheesh. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I keep going like, hey, oh, no. Like. <laughs> what he does outside of the ring, D'Angelo, can be entertaining. I didn't mind him. I don't mind the whole producer thing. I didn't think they were going into this much detail into his mafia lifestyle. I didn't know. I didn't think he was going to be bringing old school stereotypical mafia tactics to work. But <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, it's entertaining, and that's pretty much it. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know 
if he has a bright future or not, but the I can see the comedy aspect of it. Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get Jeet Rama versus Solo Sokoa, uh, and we see Solo sending Jeet Rama to get a hip attacker or sidekick, left him laying. He finishes the opponents off with giving Splash a debut and a strong statement. But I was going to say to you, WWE signing talent just to fuck with, you know? Commentary, <laughs> you can't mention Rick Steiner, all the Usos. I mean, what's next? Debuting uh, Harry Smith again. And After his family left England. him. Oh my, I just, I, I couldn't stop laughing to myself when Vic Joseph said, after his family left him. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. All right. Anyway, I see for really they left them. All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> back to the original squishy squash match format, though, for this match. You know, uh, I was familiar with Sifa Fatu before he was, you know, solo. Uh, and I expect big things from, him. you know, he is just as much of a natural as the rest of his family, no matter how much NXT want, doesn't try to want to, to act like he isn't a part of the family, even though they have the same faith at this point, pretty much. But I, I mean, everything else is obvious, but the like they literally have the same thing, pretty much. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's besides the fact. Uh, I can see a future breaker and solo feud down the line that can possibly be special if done right, and if they're both given time to grow properly. So we'll see what happens, and, because I can't, I can't ever give a good prediction when it comes to NXT ever again, because we don't know who's going to be there in the next six months. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We, can't, we cannot do more. Uh, we get a TN Shah vignette and early night joins the commentary booth. We get a Briggs and Jensen vignette where they're hanging out and grilling and playing horseshoes and other <laughs> stuff. Uh, Boa versus Grayson Waller. Uh, we see uh, Waller reeling early. However, the former boxer turned it around with a series of strikes. And a million dollar mega star distracted Waller and Boa to connect with Roundhouse Kick for the victory. I mean, LA Knight, you poor bugger, haven't you? You know, <laughs> right? Poor LA Knight. Uh, only thing I wrote down was that Bo- it was a ball match that lasted more than a minute, and he won. Are we in NXT 2.0 Twilight Zone? So, well, yeah, that's it. Well, once Riddle gets caught with uh, the Mary Jane and suspended, I guess Waller can fill the moron on Raw <laughs> role as well. But they killed the momentum of Knight and Grimes. And speaking of Grimes, he made a killing beating yeah. Duke at his own game, poker. And uh, then Kayla will make an impact next week. Boa found an empty throne where he returns, bowing down for his bestowed new makeup and blowed the camera. Oh? Uh, Chumper yeah. Ch- <laughs> told the NXT <laughs> University he broke the narrative at Halloween Havoc by retaining. Hayes interrupted to call himself the A champion. Trick got in the black faces, fa- Blackheart's face and got black a punch faces. in the mouth. <laughs> Blackface's black heart. Yeah, the NXT <laughs> champion walked away for a moment, ready for challenges, and Gagana walked out to stare in the eyes of Chumper before the main event. If NXT anything, yeah. one last time could just come in. For- but Chumper still gives 100% every time. I agree, and I love the tease. I love the callback because they know they can always. It made me. It reminded me that I think sometimes you kind of forget it because all the new faces and because they've kept certain people away from each other. But they're like, oh, we can always go back to this, and we know you don't want to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we can always go back to this great few. Great. We know because we know what they can do. The history speaks for itself. They don't even have to say a word. They should just. They can just be together, and and it just. Makes you want to see them go at it or even team up because whatever they do, 
they make it work. And I, I love that whole segment overall. I like Melo's uh, confidence. I love how uh, Ciampa called him out to on that confidence and like, oh, you don't mean nothing you say. I love that that reply from the from the veteran. And uh, I also loved uh, not only not only uh, Gargano coming out, but they they highlighted on social media, but it really was a strong just one little cue, just literally gripping your belt differently when you realize it's Gargano coming out and you know holding on to it back like that, you know, like he holds it as his baby, like clutching it with both hands when Gargano comes out was just such a nice little creative touch to let you know that yeah, Gargano still does that to him, still is a threat, still gets to him like that. It was, just, it was so beautiful, even though it was just a little subtle thing done there and that's all we want that's all we want from nxt little things like this you know being built upon and being called back from as well and then the main event hayes and williams versus loomis and gagano trick found opportunities cheap shot johnny setting up hayes for a springboard clothesline to take over uh gagano managed to get back in low hit side by side super kicks loomis hit trick with a double for a near fall Gagano Hayes traded forearms for Loomis planted Mello with a silence. Trick hit Loomis with his shoe, though, setting up the NXT North American champion for a diving axe kick for the victory. I think the last quarter of this show was telling us that NXT 2.0's future is Carmelo Hayes. I agree 100%, and I can just tell that they, they see something in this guy, and I see it, and I think we all can see that he is by far the most interesting, the most... He's the most ready right now out of everyone that they put on display all the time. And I think that's why he's a champion, and that's why he's in this spot. I love the and also love the whoop that trick chance for trick, uh, and you know just for the team, it just it fits. And I think people, I think they should probably take notice to it. It's a nice little reference. It's kind of funny to me that when uh, Three Six Mafia, the, the 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 rappers who came up with that and won their Academy Award from it, I know they, I know it's some funny to see. Or to think about something that they just made up for a movie is being <laughs> regurgitated down in Florida for a wrestling show. It's crazy. But anyway, I, I, it was a small thing, but I enjoyed that. Uh, this is a really fun main event, you know, and Hayes has been impressive since his debut. Trick works well with him, and I think they're they're, they're cool together. I thought Gargano and Dexter's teamwork was uh, you know, interesting and great to see. The fans dug this match, and, you know, Trick using the shoe, hitting somebody with a shoe. Come on, that like that's not often the you thing that's used. So I just really liked it that he hit him with the back of the head with a shoe. Like screw it, just grab the first thing you can grab and, and swing. It's just hilarious to me. Uh, and Hayes getting the win, like you said, sends that message that he is the future and this built to a Gargano and Hayes possible encounter for the title down the line, which I think we all wouldn't mind seeing. So this is the fa- favorite match of the night and well-deserved of well-deserving of the main event. Yeah, I've been tricked using it shows that uh, he's quite a good heel. Um, but <laughs> this is awesome chance have lost all meaning. Oh, my it, goodness. NXT it... <laughs> are the worst with that. They are the worst. They're also the worst with chanting both guys' names. Like, two, like they're the worst with somebody, one part of the crowd wanting one person and one part of the crowd wanting another person. No matter the consequences, no matter if it makes sense. Like, if it makes sense, I can understand blended crowd reactions. But at this point, as I was watching these episodes, I felt like they were just want, they just wanted to be contrarian. It didn't matter who won. They just wanted to argue with each other in the crowd with their chance. They, I don't understand what's going on with the NXT. Uh, universe or whatever it is. Maybe it's because it's not. I, I don't think they're in full sale anymore. Maybe it's because of that. 
I don't know, but yeah, the crowd really can be aggravating. <laughs> well, we'll move on to injury news and Zoe Stark gave an update and she's tore ACL and meniscus, but has had successful surgery rehabbing. Now, what did they do to her? I know. Oh, <laughs> one of those major knee injuries. <laughs> oh my God. She said she'll be back better and stronger with uh, Target's mind. Uh, so we move on to November 9th. Show for the Toxic Attraction making their entry. Shy, uh, Casey Katsawa, Caden Carter versus Toxic Attraction. And the Genius Sky hit the over the moonsault on Rolls and nearly got the three, but Dolan and JC broke it up. Uh, Tag ran over Toxic Attraction. The Sky headed to the top. Action ensued outside. The distracted her long enough for Dolan to pull her down and hit an abdominal stretch powerbomb. And of course, the abdominal stretch made famous <laughs> by Wilbur Schneider back in the 1930s. And I don't know if he'd be happy with Gigi Dolan using that as a finishing nowadays. <laughs> but... Oh, God. He would probably flip his shit. The thing what are you is... doing? <laughs> what the hell? That's not how we wrestle. The thing is, though, I just want EO away from it. EO away from this on the main roster. So even if they do go fuck it and release her, we can have her on AEW and Impact within six months. <laughs> Oh my god! I understand. I really do. But you know that she is the saving grace of all of this. They, I don't. They cannot take her away from this because she's the only one that anybody give a damn about, <laughs> from a, like from a major aspect. But it, it, it is what it is. I, I see what you're saying. I do want to thank NXT for having this match uh, a week after the promo that segment that set it up instead of doing it on the same show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like WWE loves to do, Eo Shirai not dancing to the rave music. I love that. That is that is me. I promise. That's me. Anytime uh, dance music like that is on, uh, the match was actually entertaining. You know, at times. So I have to give them props. You know, it was entertaining, and uh, I thought the champs looked good. You know, overall, uh, while also making the challenges still look like threats. Even though whenever Eo can't finish a match with the Moon Salt Man. You know the team that she on. Yeah, yeah, you you know you know. Yeah. Um, one of the other reasons I watched NXT, Pete Dunne is interviewed backstage. He said if Tony Giangelo <laughs> wants to make a name for himself, he knows where to find him. He come chat face to face with the baddest man in NXT. Hayes and Williams roll up, and Hayes tells him he can kiss his ass. Pete says he'll break <laughs> his fingers tonight. Good to see Pete back. Uh, back to the arena. Kaylee Ray walks past Toxic Traction. Uh, and then we get uh, Kaylee Ray versus Soraya Lynn into the match. And she was confident of Soraya. However, the walk back. But with a super kick, Soraya set up Ray for a low ropes drop kick. But Kaylee Ray ducked away. She hit the Kaylee Ray bomb on the end table. And then the second yep. one in the ring. Win. Decisive. Um, very, very decisive. Will Soraya be the next round of cuts? <laughs> man it was sucked because you know uh i don't think she ever really got a she's really even getting a fair shot right now uh i, I do i i did wonder what the hell made toxic attraction stand there <laughs> just to, through the entire haze trick and done promo just to wait on klr so she can stare her stare at mandy i guess i logically it makes no sense uh, I hate when they do that segment flip like that. And they actually made them wait through a whole nother segment. That's all thing I didn't understand. But anyway, uh, based on the way Kay- uh, Kaylee Ray was breaking stuff in the vignettes, I immediately felt bad for Sarai. So you mentioned her in them release, releases. I just knew that if that's what she was, uh, that's who Kaylee Ray was fighting, that uh, they were in trouble. And 
you know, this was a competitive squash in a way. You know, it was a squeaky squash also, but it was kind of competitive because every now and then Sarai uh, got something in, even though there was no way that K- KLR was losing. And she still looked dominant. And, you know, so I didn't think Sarai looked like too much. I didn't think Sarai looked like a joke after this match. But I definitely understand what you're saying because they obviously either don't know where they want to go with Sarai's character or she's just been lost in the shuffle immediately. Already, I think the only thing notable they've even allowed her to say is the fact that she will drop kiss, drop kick the shit out of you. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's what we've really <laughs> seen. To be fair, when we get Joe Gacy interviewed backstage, he said every single one of us go through changes and highs. Our true feelings behind him, behind a mask, and his heart goes out to Boa. No one should have to hide and be uncomfortable with his own skin. Lord. He hopes to reach out and a touch his hand wherever it is. We get a front breaker pack come back to the States as us, And then we get Boa versus Joe Gacy. Of course, Boa wearing a new paint. Uh, Gacy goaded him to trip up the Charlie Superstar and wore him down. Uh, Boa fought back with sidekicks, preparing for the winner's lights went low. Uh, Boa snapped, choking out Gacy until he got disqualified. I mean, the woke boss man doesn't does look a bit like uh, Kevin Owens. I mean, do you think that's why they're not worried about <laughs> Owens' contract? I mean, and this was intentionally bad, like <laughs> like WCW in 1995. I heard a boy chant for the first time ever, so I felt like we were still in 2.0 Twilight Zone, first and foremost. Uh, and I, I don't know what the hell is going on with his character. I have no explanation for this match's finish. I really don't. It was weird, and that's all I can say about it when well, it comes to that. <laughs> that's that's all I can say. Like I said, the next two episodes, especially the last episode, we're going to try to do this as quick as possible because it's, <laughs> it's not. It's, I, I know I'm trying to get your reaction. I appreciate it. But, you know, uh, Diamond Mind get a promo where we watch Jacket Tyler's promo from last week and Malcolm Rivens gives the Creed Jacket Brothers Tyler. a pep talk. Uh, so the Sakoas interview Grayson Waller and I roll up and bicker. And then we get Creed Brothers versus Jacket Time, Mikko and Jiro Kushida. Jiro gets going off a hot tag and hit a series of jacket punches that left the collegiate athletes reeling. Don't mind had to get involved to save Julius and Bruton. Strong took out Jiro and then rolled him back in position for a powerbomb to take the loss. Afterwards, Jones struck, throwing around Strong and Brothers running. I, of course, after all that we've talked about, do indeed love Jacket Time. Yes, thank you, thank you. I'm glad we agree. I, that's the worst thing I wrote. I really like Jackie Town. I really I like the name. The music is perfect. <laughs> Them together as a team, I think it works. The only thing that bothers me is that, like you mentioned before, all the way up to June and July, even though they all, they've dropped the ball with Kushida way before they even formed this team, so I can't blame the team for why, but it does. it is worrisome that Kushida will not get a chance to show what we know he can do on his own because of how good he is. We like, but he wasn't really getting a chance when he's just sitting around backstage doing nothing anyway. So overall, I think this is a good job, you know, uh, or a good thing to team them up. You can get Ekeman over more. You can have Ekeman also take more of the bump, as you can see so far with, with that work. Ekeman is going to take most of the damage, probably end up getting pinned anyway. But Kushida uh, gets to, you know, come in with the hot tag and look strong for the most part. So I, I like that combo together. And the match was good, and I thought everybody uh, looked good. I thought even Euro, Euro got chances to show 
what he could do. And uh, the Creed Bros looked like dicks were taking his jacket off, man. You don't take off his no, jacket. Come on. So Come on, man. That's, 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 like, that's not cool, man. Um, yeah, I didn't mind it, even though Kushida did lose again. Toxic Traction interviewed as they yeah. leave the arena. And they claim they're going to hold the titles for a very long time. Uh, Mandy Rose calls Kaylee Ray out and says her stare down wasn't intimidating. If she's next in line, she'll take her number. Gonzalez interrupts, though, rolling up on a motorbike, telling him to keep her title warm for her. She drives to the arena because she's only one thing on her mind, Dakota Kai. She tells her to get her ass down here, and here comes Kai laughing. She said it felt good to hit her with that shovel and watching her lie there motionless, and suddenly Cora Jade runs in and attacks Kai mid-promo, leading referees to swarm and pull them apart. Raquel rolls up, the Bay face is keeping uneasy peace. It's not about you, Jade. I want Kai and Gonzalez. <laughs> right, all she did was lay your skateboard on top of you. Cora, calm down. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh... We get a Chase University vignette where RJ talks about mental toughness and his students. It focuses on Gabriel, who appears to be former Ring of Honor, Dragon Gate, USA, and involved Booker Gabe Skolsky, although we never got a clear view of his face. Then we get a Grizzled Young Vets vignette for them. They do some oh urban training, which consists of scanning folks on the street for food and money to learn how to be better, because that's what all people from Liverpool do. We are thieves. You know, <laughs> I was trying to figure out what is the motivation for this. When did the grizzly young vets just become scammers out of nowhere? Like this felt so random to me. And I was like, did, I did, then I also was like, hold on. First of all, they they ate hot wings dressed like that. Really? That's another thing. They would get they ordered hot wings and they dressed in these nice dapper suits. And you expect me to believe they sat there and ate all those wings dressed like that? You don't take a chance with clothes like that. Anyway, that's random. <laughs> This is pointless. This is very, very pointless. As random as that was of them becoming scammers, that was my rant on their outfits and eating wings. But anyway, I'll leave you alone. <laughs> well, your f- favorite NXT wrestler, Ru Feng, is in action next. Yeah, the Grimes. goat. Uh, so you can't see what's closest. Cameron Grimes dominated Ru Feng in the way with a cave. And Grimes said he played Hudson and Hudson challenged him down. Next, Grimes, like we said, is losing momentum. Grayson Waller, LA Knight, and Solo Sokoa. And Waller and Knight kept bickering as Sokoa punched both in the man. Fair play. He dominated both yep. as well. He hit the Simone drop and Knight as he drop kicked Waller. Waller rolled into a cut, but got suplexed out of the ring. And uh, Solo finished the match off with a diving splash to Knight. And Solo looks to be ready already. Is there <laughs> any point with him yes. being in NXT? Yeah, I don't even understand it, really. I, I thought that anyway, and I, I, I think some people may need to, to brush up on him, but I don't think he's one of them. I think, like I said, he's natural. He's really, really good. He probably is ready right now. Uh, and I do see a trend, though, in the way they're booking uh, him because not, this is now the second time in a row now in 2.0 that they have allowed L.A. Knight to, to, to put over a young guy with wrestling blood in his family. I mean, wrestling in his blood. So... Yeah, Sikoa uh, is obviously a chosen one, and I don't think he'll be in NXT long. Nah, no, no doubt about it. Unless he gets fucking released, but who knows until the oh, next update, yeah. like we say. Well, yeah. We get Hartwell <laughs> and Percha Perotto interview backstage, talk about how close they were to winning the titles. Tony Jans pulls up. Since hoping to run a Dexter Loomis, and he tells Indy she's going to be back on the market after he wrestles her husband next week and gives her a dead fish with Dexter's name on. Lovely. Uh, Legado del Fantasma walking backstage, and Alexa Lopez tells Leon Quinn she hopes he's watching. 
Uh, we see Tomasa Champa vignette about the UK tour. Uh, of course, about the match with Ron Baker that he talked about earlier. And then Gang versus Electra Lopez. Uh, she put her opponent down with a powerbomb. Afterwards, La Madalena asked Quinn to come out and he answers. She offered him to join the guard, Odell Fantasma. Though he was interested in Lopez, he refused the offer and Wild and Mendoza tried to take him out. But of course, I'm out. So what was the point of them winning tag matches the past couple of weeks? Uh, Quinn and Lopez shared a moment in the ring and she let him walk away. You wait till Santos find out. <laughs> keep in mind, like you said, I want to keep, keep this in mind. But when we have to cover what happens next in this story, keep in mind that he will had no problem with dating Alexa Lopez. <laughs> Just keep that part in mind. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, Erica Yon got the Rufang treatment, you know. <laughs> no name announcement. Uh, and I just couldn't believe that Erica Lopez, Electra's angle is basically, oh man, I think I think Zion Queen is is handsome. Like again, when did they all get so They're horny? Like rabbits. Like, young, they are like, like rabbits yeah, in NXT. What's going on with these young guys? Like, they're not fighting. They're fucking. You just regal right. going and going for fuck's sake. Put your clothes on. You got a match later. Loomis, leave fucking Indy alone. Come on, Jesus Christ. Like between Grimes, like Grimes was looking for a, for a woman. Waller won't, wouldn't leave Cora Jade alone. I mean, before well, Baxter got... They fired him. They had to release him. him. <laughs> yeah, they, had to, yeah, they had to get rid of him. But look, no, he was doing too, too much, much fucking. fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Just go. He was fucking out of the wrestling. They had to fire that man. So, Jesus like, Christ. what the hell is going on in Florida? <laughs> it's like back in the day, it's World Wrestling Federation, not worldwide fucking. So stop. Stop it. Anyway, the news we have been dreading, Monty. NXT War Games. NXT yeah. War Games is December 5th. Uh, we'll have to discuss how we deal with this. I don't know if you're a fan of Slipknot duality, but look it up. I push, I'm pushing my fingers into my, <laughs> into my eye. <laughs> Uh, wow. wow. Back from commercial, Carlo Riley is interviewed. He says the official made a mistake last week out the pin with Von Wagner's foot on the ropes, but that's okay because they make mistakes all the time. They got eyes set <laughs> on the tag titles. And speaking of Imperium roll up, and Wagner, who just pops up, says the tag champs that they won't give a match on their best day. And then the main event, Carmelo Hayes versus Pete Dunne. The Loomis arrived for the commentary table. Terrifying trick. Melo Manager versus yeah. Bitter ended to a cut. Fall. He drove Dunn into the mat with a Gagano escape, but could not get a firm grip. Trick tried to save the champion, got stomped. Loomis and laid out Williams. A hand grabbed the boot of Melo, real to be Johnny Gagano, and allowed the bruiser weight to hit the bitter end to win. Thank fuck Pete Dunn won. I've enjoyed every single Pete Dunn match the last, you know, eight to ten years done. But Melo is showing that, and I think one of the positives, and yes, Peter at home, he's still got another episode, he's terrible. Yeah. But if there's mm-hmm. one thing from this update, which we can tell when it shines out a little, it's the way it's Carmelo, Carmelo Hayes. Hayes. Yeah, he is yes. the shining light. Yes, he. We again, we 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 we, we hyped up Isaiah where Scott is a star, and he's gone. <laughs> so don't th- don't think about don't listen to this in the future and be like, oh man, they were they missed again. They were wrong. No, as of right now, he is obviously 
one of the biggest bright spots on NXT 2.0. And this was another really, really fun match with Pete Dunne. Like you said, Pete Dunne is a natural. He's awesome at this. And uh, even before uh, Melo won the breakout tournament, I just thought Hayes fit perfectly in NXT. And he's fitting even better now in the main event or just as in this focused, more important role of, on the show. He's doing, He's hitting it out of the park right now. This match gave me old NXT vibes. I have to yeah. be honest with you. Like the way they went at it, and the, the, it was just back and forth for a long time. And you know, Dunn was able to do a, a lot of what he's strong at, a lot of that physicality, a lot of that joint manipulation. And Melo was allowed to show his athleticism and his ability. And they they played off each other perfectly, in my opinion. I thought both guys put a lot of talent on display in this match, and it was just fun to watch. And I was shocked Hayes lost because you know he's a champion, but uh, you know. But since Gargano was there, I'm not. I'm not mad that he lost. Pete Dunne needs all the wins he can get, and I wouldn't be mad at that. At a at a at a, at a future title shot, that seemed to be that they all the way leading with Gargano. It seemed to be now you can insert Dunne there, and I have no problem with that. And uh, yeah, uh, I thought also that's another thing. Melo lost his match, but the way they did it, he still looked strong. You know, the fact that he needed Loomis to take out Trick, and then you needed a little distraction. From Gargano, you know that makes Melo look like uh, like all the things he say. He, and like I, like you said, he is by far the bright spot. Like Braun Breaker is is cool, and then you have another some of these other young guys that are okay uh, and are in, at least entertaining. And then you have Carmelo Hayes, who I think is on a whole nother level, who fits right in with a lot of the old greats that we already appreciated in NXT. Yeah, I think we're about to. All right, so one last episode. We start off with Dexter Loomis. Versus Tony D'Angelo. And Dexter has drawn a capture of Tony sleeping with dishes. Uh, D'Angelo managed to escape to the outside where he used Loomis's easel to distract the ref. This allowed him to poke Loomis in the eye and hit a swing and net breaker for a free count. Afterwards, Hayes and Williams struck. They trapped Loomis's arm on a steel chair and hit him with a diamond stomp. Uh, Gagana made the save too late. Well, where the fuck was he? You know, where do yeah, you think he was? Yeah, what was he, he doing? Was? <laughs> like, what? He's two on one disadvantage. Uh, Jackson was moaning on, on the AW show about um, Tay Conte being allowed to be, you know, teamed up on. It's like, where the fuck, Johnny? Come on. But he did manage to come back out and challenge Mello for the North American Championship. But Pete Dunne took offence of defeating the champ last <laughs> week. Mello and Trick appeared in a crowd to accept both challenges, setting up a triple threat match next week. Uh, yeah. Why treat Loomis like this? And, and Dunne got I cut off as well. I agree. I don't really understand. I, I think we've talked about this before. Even when I would think they, when even when I thought they weren't really sure what to do with Loomis, he lost way too much for somebody as and not and not to say he's just like crazy great in the ring, but what I mean, his character work. It seemed like you would want to depict him as more of a threat than he actually comes off to be wrestling wise or in the ring wise. Yeah, he's creepy. Yeah, he's you know he he makes us laugh with the way they present him in the paintings and how you know. You know, the way they use him is cool. or But after all that wears off, what is he about in the ring? And I think him losing in a match like this, uh, you know, to D'Angelo, who, you know, is what it is, but he hasn't done much before this other than squash matches. And, I, you know, like I said, I think he could be decent in the ring. But D'Angelo, the thing I like the most about D'Angelo is his mannerism and the way he talks and his character work. It has nothing much to do with it in his ring, and I didn't like the cheapness. Just a little eye poke and then a finisher, and it's over. It, I, it was disappointing. But the attack after the match added heat 
to the Hayes and Gargano feud. I do not like that Loomis is basically getting used to build heat for a whole nother thing. I think he, he's meant for more. He can do a, a lot more. And hopefully over time, you know, or, you know, in a few weeks that can change up. But uh, this promo segment was really, really good. I love Pete Dunn highlighting the fact that, yo, Melo, you can keep saying you're the leader of this new school stuff, but I'm the same age as you. And I got 10 years plus of experience. Yeah. Like, like I love that point. It's such a strong point. I think people forget how, how young Dunn is and how much he's accomplished so far. It makes you kind of forget that he he is that young. He he does have such a bright future. That's why I think they were smart. As I don't know what to make sure they lock Big Dunn back into his contract. You do not want to lose somebody that good. That he's already this young. Like him and Rhea Ripley, like with their age and how good they are, they they, they remind I, – I use Rhea Ripley because I know she's younger. And it's just like they're really, really good at their age. Those are people that you just can't let go. And I think Dunn is – has only scratched the surface of what he can do in WWE and leading to this huge triple threat match. I this is the right decision. You know, I think this has been the strongest feud. I think obviously that we we talked about how good Hayes is, but I think all together when you think about work Gargano, what Hayes has been doing on his own, and then what Dunn is and what he can do, they this is the strongest match that they have made and built in 2.0, really, if you ask me, almost even over, you know some of the world championship matches they've had. So uh, I really like the focus that they've given these guys, and I think this match can really be special. Yeah, I'll go where Dunn goes. And like I said, the North American title match will be on the next NXT update that we bring you. And we go backstage with Malcolm Bivens. Uh, we see him with Joe Gacy. And Joe tells him that Strong has an obligation to keep the door open opportunities. And Bivens tells him they have tryouts in two weeks. And he can pay like anybody else. And Gacy takes the card. Then we see LA Knight vignette where he talks about he's a megastar regardless of how NXT treats him. Uh, <laughs> he wants Rachel Waller <laughs> stopped. We then get Diamond Mine, Brutus and Roderick Strong versus Jacket Time and Jones. Uh, Strong managed to get the big man up for an Olympic slam, but Jiro made the save. He hit a jacket punch and Strong, followed by a big punch from Kushida by Jones to take the win. Um, this is a riot. Yeah, uh, I agree. I thought this was fine. It was cool. Even in a tag team match, a six-man tag team match, Ikemen Euro get his ass beat most of it. So that's a nice touch, I guess. Uh, Jones was presented really well. And, uh, you know, the babyface is going over on Diamond Mine finally after a lot of the cheap stuff that they've been doing to Kushida and the crew for a while. This was solid. Well, we get Grizzly Young Vets video chatting with uh, Gibson's grandma, claiming to be the new tag champions <laughs> and crowning about sign share the inheritance, leaving to go return a total balance of toxic attraction. Like, when did they become me? Like... I, I don't know what happened. I missed. We must have missed our own update. Where where Christian <laughs> Young Vets went from to what they were to, to this, I suppose. But I don't understand, man. It's just like such a shift. Like they're doing some of the weirdest. Like I I don't know. I know we're not supposed to cheer for them because they're they're you know they're scamming and they're lying and they're whatever. But it's just I don't understand. They were fine. Like doing promos before their matches, letting their work speak for itself. They were perfectly fine with that formula. I don't understand the vignettes and what direction they're going with GYV. It's so unnecessary, but I'm used to that at this point. Well, we get MSK and the vignette there. Supplies. Oh, goodness. Uh, make it through the scanners, and Wesley screws it up by switching flights, so they have to travel separate, make the flights and hug out. They miss each other off. 
meeting the shaman. Uh, Andre Chase versus Arn Quinn. Chase had a chance. What the hell is that, too, by the way? You know what MSK doing? <laughs> I don't know what the hell they doing either. I don't know. Well, okay, the shaman, the shaman would be Morrison, but they're going to have to meet him at his own home now, unfortunately. <laughs> right. Gonna... That's what. That's the only shaman I know. Exactly. Um, Andre Chase versus Arn Quinn. Like I said, they're cheering this match, but they watched the yeah. professor get dominated with... <laughs> Uh, Jace with a jackhammer. Afterwards, Wilder Mendoza struck, aided by returning Santos Escobar. Electro Lopez told him <laughs> no one said no to her. Before. And the Emperor chokes down Quinn hard on the floor. Um, I guess payback's a bitch, then, you know? <laughs> Bro, okay. So, first and foremost, as far as the match go, at least Zion is not doing a damn running floor. He's doing the. It must have at least he's doing yeah. something for jackhammer. <laughs> Yeah, he did a fake jackhammer or whatever it was he had going on. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep thinking Andre Chase could be brilliant, but if, like, again, WWE don't care. Because at this point, he's job level. You see Andre Chase, you know he's not going to win. I, I don't know why I expected something else. But anyway, <laughs> Electra is attractive, right? We get it. I get that. And she gets what she wants. That's what she, that's what she wants to get over and I get it. But you really doing all of this to this man because he wouldn't join your group? He never said he wouldn't be with her. <laughs> he never said he wouldn't attempt to be with her. He just didn't want to join the group. Like this is a soap opera, right? Like what am I watching, James? What what am I reviewing? <laughs> Honestly, it is just shit. And it is this episode. I mean, we got Gonzalez been interviewed. She has, she has not had a good night's rest since Halloween. Having the title become part of you, your one shot tonight is about revenge. She's going to be a Dakota Kai with her own shovel, and then we get that, which is quite good. And then we get the poker showdown by Grimes and Hudson. <laughs> and I love Cameron Grimes. I mean, I've grown Me to too. love him. And this was probably the he tried. But it's it's like they do not want us to watch NXT. Like we see. Grimes bluffed Hudson into folding winner hand, and then the technical savage had uh, obviously bluffed Hudson, attacked him, piled him with the ball, he then pulled out a pair of scissors, cut Grimes' hair and beard until officials convinced him to back off, so Grimes... But it's like, what What was the end goal? I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue what this game... I, I, I told you from the beginning, I think we both admitted after watching the breakout tournament that we thought Duke Hudson had potential, and, we talk, and ever since they brought up this stupid poker gimmick with him. They have literally tried to make me ignore all of that potential and just say, I want to turn this off whenever he comes on my screen. And it's not even his fault. It's just what they have him doing. I could care less about your poker hand. I thought it was point. I thought I couldn't believe that we just had, we had a whole promo segment going back and forth to set up another poker game because one person was mad. He lost the other poker game that I didn't want to see. So they make us sit through this. I don't know about the UK, but over here, when I was growing up, they would air the World Series of Poker on television. And it's some of the most boring television, just watching people play poker. I'm pretty sure it's interesting to some people I've seen. And I know it's people, I know it's interesting to people, as a matter of fact, people in my family who enjoyed it. I have always found it boring. It bored the hell out of me. This bored the hell out of me. The only thing that was good was the entertaining uh, banter between the commentators and also the banter because Barrett is always good for one liners. Thank God for something. Thank God for Vic Barrett and Belt in, in general for a lot of the things that they do to keep us going through these shows because if it wasn't for some of the, uh, the things that Barrett says, I don't know if I would enjoy the show as much as I do. 
And then, like I said, Cameron Grimes was trying. He tried to have the banter or to say the thing to involve the crowd to entertain him, but even he can't save this. It was just a waste of time. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a little story that, that can lead to some payback down the line, especially shaving his hair and trimming trimming the hair of Grimes and all that. So I guess that's something of it. But hopefully Duke is now done with this whole poker thing and he's going to just start beating people up again or yeah. start doing that. He's a big guy. I have no I don't understand what's the point of giving him the poker gimmick. Some of these gimmicks are just gimmicks just to have one. You don't even have to do that a lot of times. Just let a guy go out there and work and establish an identity. But you know, a lot of this two point in my opinion, a lot of the character work has been overthought. You know, so and this is another one of them. It's it's just bad, you know, and uh, we see yeah. Carlo Ali and Von Wagner he says he saw Von Wagner on SmackDown, but he's not worried about it because he's not going to be here after December. <laughs> uh, we get Bridget Jensen versus O'Reilly and Wagner. Wagner was unaffected by the offense of Briggs and Brooks. Akala Riley spelled the big man and helped to get alone in the ring to hit a double on the hook side slam for the win. Imperial watch backstage were unimpressed by the win of the <laughs> developing team. This was just utter Me too. filler. Uh, Indy Hartwell <laughs> and Perugia are outside the trainer's room, worried about Dexter Loomis. Perugia tells her she's got this, and go be with her husband. She does. Um, Persia, I don't like her. Uh, the one thing I don't like, I like less than her wrestler act. Would be yeah. We get a new yes. episode of Lashing Out, where Lashing Out, Kaylee realizes this rolls up and crashes the spill. Tonight, uh, he said he hasn't paid his business. It's oh, about wins and losses anymore. It's about likes and followers, I detested everything oh Grayson Waller uh, said about professional <laughs> yeah, wrestling too. about. Oh, my God. Oh, just because you haven't you slept in cars in gyms, like what paid your dues, you little mug. Oh, my God. Like, go away. Like, I, I wanted him to go away the moment I saw his horrible gear selection. But then, week after week after week, he has tried his best to annoy the hell out of me every week and they keep they forced him to they 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 told us he weren't gonna host and they forced him to host and it, oh my Grayson Waller can just please go away. GW go away. That is mm. not I, I know I know away starts with an A, but he stressed me out that much that I just want his initials to work that way. I used to do the ooe ooh and even now it's, I just I don't want to anymore, you know. But uh, we move on. Perotta fought two local competitors alone. She stacked up uh, Gabby Stevens and Jenny Levi on her shoulders for a double smoking drop and hit an F5 to take the victory. Stonewatch closely from the stage. Why would fucking... Creepily. Why would Indy Hartwell even have to be a part of this, you know? Um, <laughs> Kai... Why... <laughs> Uh, Kai's what interview backstage. What difference would she would have made? <laughs> exactly. Like, what was the point? Uh, Kai's interview backstage felt really good. Hit Raquel with a shovel, and she's been lost since takeover. Mind Cloudy and Purge her past. The traction roll up, and Dakota tells them that they owe her twice. Coming off, Grizzly Young Vets roll up and hand the titles back and try to claim oh they got the titles from Tech Guy. Uh, Tomasa Champa was ready to talk about all the young stars calling him out. However, he stopped himself, decided to speak in the ring. From Breaker arrived to call his shot. The next champion was not interested in the face of the man. He be defeated. Uh, it's nice words, but Champa, but he is fighting losing battle. Yeah, I mean, like nobody is currently nobody who's stepping up to him because even if you like Breaker, you gotta be honest, he's not on Champa's level. So, like, 
He's I and this is what I wondered. I thought when I was listening to this segment and I was thinking about what Champ has been able or what he's what the position he's now in, it just really made me wonder what the hell Samoa Joe was gonna have gonna start gonna be doing with NXT two point like who is really on his <laughs> level? So he was gonna be in this position fighting these kids, choking them out and having to teach him a lesson. Like, oh my goodness, like it, it, it only gets worse the more I think about it the main event scene. Like, Carmelo Hayes is not necessarily lying right now. There ain't nothing Chompa can really do about it. Even though he's, you know, he is the man. It's just who is on that level that you can even consider that's a good threat to, to Chompa at this point. I don't know. And like you said, he's fighting a losing battle creatively, and there ain't really much he can do about it except be Chompa and he's just trying his best. Yeah. This is a shame, but our last match, our main event, Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez. And Kai laughed in the face of the intensity of Gonzalez. She ducked a larger opponent who went hard into the steel post after running KO kick outside. She took over, stomping big mama cool in the mat. The captain of the team kick grabbed a shovel, which Gonzalez stole away. Took some traction, struck, <laughs> saving Kai and caused Uh So a DQ in a match we were really looking forward to. Cover Jade was fuck off. She tried to save Gonzalez, but both women got beat down. So he start walked out on crutches, and it's Io Shirai, who went mental. I mean, they probably said yeah. to her, you know, hit us a few times, and Io was just went for it. She was not. <laughs> <laughs> she grabbed the mic, and as the crowd knew, she said, War game. Uh, what were your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Up until the DQ finish, that match was really strong, man. You know, uh, with no title in the mix, with Kai's recent character actions and all that, man, you couldn't really go into this having an idea thinking that it wasn't like I thought in the title match, there was no way Raquel was losing. But in this encounter, you didn't really know how to uh, predict it. Uh, you know, and I, I do like the sadistic element that Kai has added to her character, the great, the, uh, the shovel. I, I don't mind it. But yeah, the DQ finish killed all that work uh, for nothing, and the brawl or whatever, setting up war games and EO, like you said, doing what she does best, and just making every having EO say it and announce it was just cool. And I think that's a great way to end the show, a great way to to signal war games. You know, even if you could care less about uh, most of the women in the match, I guess, <laughs> other than other than Dakota Kai, EO, and uh, Raquel, and. You know, uh, but either way it goes, I, I don't know. War Games is usually – I really think NXT with War Games is relying on the, the format. Like, they relied on the name of Halloween Havoc. Havoc. I didn't think the Halloween Havoc show felt like a real, like, special. Same thing can be said, you know, uh, going forward with War Games. I hope it can be as special as War Games in the past, but are we really – I don't think it's really fair to even really hold them up to those expectations. And I also think this is a creative way to to push put off Io Shirai getting pinned by Mandy Rose. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think that's true. And I'll get your I'll get your final thoughts on NXT in a minute. But I did notice something. I noticed it on SmackDown a little while back. But with NXT yeah. now, they have actual fake fans on the screen all around the arena in the shadows, yeah. so it looks like there's extra. So I, I noticed that, and I don't doing it but i thought that's that's very uh 
I mean, that's right. There's <laughs> 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 like not right about fake. There's one thing having the Thunderdome compared to making own fans. You know, like yeah. we've got we've got fifty thousand fans in the arena, forty thousand. But you know, like all <laughs> not. Uh, the match had so much story behind it. It was enjoyable, like I said, until the end. Rating-wise, has everybody been enjoying the as much as you and I have? Well, the episode, uh, the past episode we just reviewed, 500,000 network, down 4.8% last week, and the demographic is down as well. So it looks like WWE have nitroed NXT. What was one yes. of the best shows um, in wrestling has been turned to... Uh, we have got lots more Monty podcasts, oh, and now fucking. But what are your final? Because like I said, we've given it a lot of <laughs> shit, but there was a couple of. I agree. Like I said, overall, it's in a, actually in a better place than I think in our last review, and especially when they debuted. Like we, the, the, we've been harsh on NXT for a little while now, <laughs> but you know, like I said, to be, uh, and I don't know if it's because I've got, I took a little time to get used to some of the changes, get used to uh, some of these new faces. And there's some things that I may not ever get used to. It's some things I may still have some time to get used to, whatever. And uh, but they still have a lot of flaws. A lot you got to wade through a lot of nonsense to get to the stuff you really like. You know what I mean? You got to. It's just like for example, I'm pretty sure next week going forward into the NXT uh, Triple Threat North American Championship match, we're gonna have to wade through at least an hour and thirty minutes of nonsense <laughs> to get to that special encounter that I think that if you've been paying attention, you will enjoy if you let, if they get the chance to get the time that they will deserve. And I'm pretty sure they will. Uh, if you compare NXT uh, to the old NXT through the lens of the old NXT, it falls short completely in a lot of ways. But if you view it for what it is right now, and you look at it as a totally new product with uh, just the label of 2.0, I pos- if, certain things are done you can it can i could possibly be more interested in in 2.0 but at the same time we all know that they also got so much nonsense there that i could also be even more against 2.0 as we go depending on what what direction they decide to lean in you know Uh, my best advice is focus more on guys like carmelo hayes give more spotlight to more wrestling again. Like, that's the one thing that I miss the most about this new era 2.0. We get we get a lot more promos, a lot more talking, and a whole lot less wrestling. You know, and I mean it literally, if you just go to the details, most of the matches that I reviewed were five to six to seven minutes. And I understand that a lot of these guys may not be quite ready for the 10 to 15 minute matches, but I don't think they need to be on television in that case. Or you can't like you have to take your time presenting these characters. You can't have five people who you think can only go five minutes and present them all at the same time. You know, uh, you're just exposing all of their weaknesses. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know. The future may be bright, but at the same time, it may not be. <laughs> the thing is, for everybody listening, you know, and with experience with wrestling shows and stuff like this, there'll be a few things that might happen. NXT I might improve into saying that is a lot better than we were expecting. But we can't look at NXT and NXT 2.0, like you say, on the same page. The thing is, with the old no. the old 2.0, it got eventually replaced by... I don't know if NXT 2.0 and the name... 
versus AEW will slowly be taken away and made. In, but we still have NXT UK as well. So if you want the old and go and watch the UK version, and we have to point oh, actually is. But that is it today. I mean, Monty, again, I really appreciate you having to uh, put up with NXT 2.0 as we do the reviews. <laughs> Look at but what I think you put me through. It's, it's like investigating the murder case. We're finding details out that are very important to people. Um, and, and information as well. Like, uh, don't forget, we're across all social media. Twitter at the WR Podcast. I'm at the WRJR. Plug your stuff, Monty. At Mind Monty Pod. Uh, you know, uh, so you can just check out all my links there. I have a, uh, you know, a link tree that can see you to all of my new podcasts, anything uh, that I'm working on right now, anything I have worked on so far. And uh, we just put out uh, our own breakdown of the releases, our own breakdown of this horrible build, in my opinion, to Survivor Series. Just one of the laziest builds that I can think of overall. If you just take the whole card into play, they lucked into two stories. You can hear more about that on my newest episode. Uh, on my podcast, the Mind the Munchie podcast, you can find it on any podcasting platform uh, when you look it up. And, you know, like I said, follow me on Twitter at Mind Munchie Pod. Well, Dubbing over also on Facebook and Instagram, of course, all the Google platforms. Send us an email at com. We have all latest clips and podcasts got the same time, and YouTubers do SoundCloud on your phone, excuse me, and also Spotify and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. And that is it. The next episode is Jaxie for Survivor Series. But much like you said, Monty, the YouTube Survivor Series, I, I've done, we've done the WNR live shows before, even with predictions and polls. None of that this year. If WWE cannot be bothered to do an event properly, then I, or WNR, will not look at it. We'll review the pay-per-view as is, but none of the extra detail or none of the extra because they can't be bothered. Uh, and I think, like I said, I think I fair enough. Uh, next with Monty, like I said, it is NX UK, so there's a little bit of uh, light, I suppose, in the darkness. What is that watching WWE sometimes? But until then, I'm James <laughs> Rowlands, and I was joined by Monty again. Thank you very much for joining me, buddy. Thank you again. It's always fun. I can't wait for next time. Let's talk about some actual wrestling competition <laughs> under the WWE banner. Let's get into it. I can't wait to do that. Uh, looking forward to it, and I appreciate this opportunity and these shows. Always fun, and I thanks thanks again, man. That's all I can say. Now, as I say, thank you for being on, and thanks everybody for listening. Bye. Yes. Adios. <laughs>